3: (笑) what's good internet it's may 27th 2022 and you are listening to waypoint radio episode 485 i'm your host rob zachney and i'm joined by patrick klapik hello renata Price.
2: Patty,
3: our producer Ricardo Contreras. Yo. Uh, so it has been an eventful week in the games industry. Uh, Patrick and I ended up writing a piece about some really exciting news that came out of uh, the ongoing like unionization drive and labor confrontation uh, at Raven Software. Uh, Patrick, you want to talk through like the latest developments in what happened with the ongoing saga of Raven's uh, QA department.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the high level is, uh, I mean, you know, some months back, they decided they wanted to form a union. um, But then you still have to do a a proper vote in order for that to become sort of formalized. And that vote has to be a majority. A tie goes to (laughs) Activision Blizzard, I guess, or, you know, (laughs) the original structure. Um, That vote happened. Uh, It was 19 to 3. Uh, pretty overwhelming in favor of forming the union. There were, I believe, two or three, uh, votes that were I forget what the what's the phrasing they use. Were like the uh, abstain, the, not abstain. but like there's like a dispute over the uh, votes. Um, whatever, whatever the case. Uh, it was overwhelming in favor. Um, the QA team and Activision, uh, or at Raven Software, you know, specifically under Activision Blizzard that largely works on Call of Duty Warzone as a supports uh, studio uh that qa team has decided to formally unionize and the next step for them will be the long protracted uh, uh uh you know process of negotiating a contract but uh it is not the first union in video games that is something that does occur internationally not with necessarily regularity but there are different countries that have much stricter and better labor laws and practices in which there are like unions within Ubisoft, um, like in France. Um, but um, it's not common uh, in the, in the, in the United States specifically. Um, was it Vodio Games? I believe was the small studio um, that did like Bash Breaker and a couple other things. They formed a uh, a union uh, with the, the blessing of the owner of the studio uh, last year, but that's a small indie team and that's not to take away anything from what they did. But finding a crack in the giant corporate structure, especially one like Activision Blizzard that is about to be, you know, go through the process of probably being owned by Microsoft, having a union regardless of what happens next, formed, voted on, and to be so overwhelming and then celebrated, I think is like a really important moment in in video games and video game labor relations. You know, it's a it's an industry that has been has just exploited people for decades, and this doesn't fix that, but it's I don't know, especially in a week that was pretty fucking bleak uh, stuff like that. And, you know, little things that you can hold on to that, you know, show signs of potential progress. And that's really exciting.
2: Yeah, that's sick.
3: Yeah, we. uh, So if you re- if you check out the site, uh, waypoint.vice.com uh, Patrick and I did sort of a back and forth on it. One thing you brought up is, of course this is part of a broader wave of unionizations at major companies uh but like you wrote up starbucks which i think is the a uh, really good example because in some ways if you think about the um initial starbucks like unionization uh that happened it was similarly like you know, what really is like one shop in starbucks right Like you read about the small number of people in that first vote like what what difference is that really going to make but now, Starbucks is like confronting waves of unionization votes uh that are sort of happening at various uh and not like just in the coast the right like
0: that's part of what you're seeing is that it's expanding right you know regionally outside of places that you would just comfortably say, "Well, there's probably lots of pocket leftists um uh that are you know would make it more likely in places like a San Francisco or new york um and yeah, it's a spark that hopefully lights a fire and uh we're we're seeing that more and more at Starbucks. Even as they do, you know, one of the things we talked about in the article uh, was, you know, like Starbucks is out here being like, "Well, it's too bad these unionized stores. We just we're finally going to start offering we had all this benefits. money we wanted to give away, ah, but we just can't. I mean, we can't give that to the union stores because oh my god, this fucking contract we got to work out with them. That's just not we're just not going to be able to offer it to them. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I I thought was I wonder will we see something similar happen. With actually, well, actually, Apple like just did this as well. Apple is also going through like some early unionization efforts. I don't think any of them have been successful in in terms of forming a union, but they did the same thing that Starbucks did, which is like, "Geez, inflation's tough out there. We got to start paying our retail workers like better wages." And it's like, "Wow, convenient!" Like the moment yeah. they're losing the union votes, and yet suddenly they've decided right now is the moment they have to pay a bunch of workers not the money they deserve, but more than they were getting before. And so my, my thought was, you know, do we see something similar from Activision Blizzard um, or is like the scrutiny from regulators from uh, the state of California, like sort of scare them off. And one of the things that you put forth, Raul, that that was a really uh, sort of like poignant and and like kind of, when you look through how Activision Blizzard has positioned themselves and postured themselves is they already seem to be on the back foot and they kind of seem like they're already scared <laughs> and, the tactics they're taking are not necessarily one that inspire much fear.
2: Yeah. I can also say as someone who worked at a Starbucks as, as recently as a year ago, I think that the interesting thing about the like general trend in unionization that we're seeing right now is that, um, people just talk about it like in a store, like, like, like the amount of people talking about, Oh yeah, we should unionization is an option for us was even happening back when I was working there like a year or so ago. And I think that like there's an entire generation of people who have a relatively different perspective on unions and a much more positive perspective on unions because there was that, you know, a period, a significant period where, you know, union slander was like the standard uh, for U.S. education policy and also like U.S. discourse. And so now you have this entire generation of people who has kind of, one, dodged that, Um, and two, is generally irritated. And so what you get is, unless someone's, like, actively a neocon or something, most people I know are in favor of unionizing their workplace, even if they are not, like, a particularly, like, leftist person um, in a way that is, like, surprising and a difference from, like, even, like, three
3: years ago. Yeah, I I would say, like, part of it is... Like when we talked about, um, just labor conditions or various fast food discussions, right? But like the, the sheer amount that has changed in those spaces from like Patrick, when you and I were working jobs like that, right? Where like the things that were pretty like low key, like, yeah, the pay was shitty, but also you could really half ass these jobs. They weren't that hard. They weren't that bad. The amount of like regimentation, I'm just trash
0: talking my, my, the, the skills of my, Taking groceries and putting them into a bag,
3: please, please. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, for me, like this, is, nothing will touch the salad days of being a cart boy out in the parking lot. Uh, you know, just running this running carts back to back from the corrals, back up to the store, and then going around the corner and just hanging out with the other cart guys, being was like, "Was that a dedicated job?" I feel like I had to do that. That was more just, hey
0: no one's in your lane. Could you go do could you go outside and do the carts? One time I found uh a hundred dollars and I was like, Wow, I should keep this and I didn't, but my manager said if it's still here at the end of the day, you can have it. And I was like, wow. Okay. And so I turned it in and I got that hundred fucking dollars. <laughs> it's like Amazing. I need to push carts more often.
3: Well I like I will say that um I always assume, I've always, my, I always remember Jewel Lasco's as being slightly smaller stores. Um, I worked at Ultra Foods, uh, RIP in, uh, in Hammond, Indiana. And that place had a huge parking lot. And so you needed cart guys out there because after the rush, most of your carts would slowly gravitated toward the edges of the parking lot <laughs> and the runoff ditch, uh, that bordered it. So you really needed to, to have guys running out there. But, but my, my point is though, that like a lot of jobs, uh, have gotten significantly harder, uh, and maybe yeah. arguably more degrading in the last like 15, 20 years. And so I think, you know, a lot of, Ren, when you allude to, uh, the pretty standardized union bashing that was common in, in the United States, I think so much of it was just this kind of complacency where you had labor conditions that were kind of coasting along, uh, on the back of like previously won victories in, in labor. And for me, like, I still look at like kind of 2008 as kind of a sea change where suddenly the labor market's really tight employers have a lot of power there's more technology that allows you to regiment and like uh supervise your workforce and i feel like in the last like 10 years 10 15 years all the things that were claimed about like you don't want a union between you and your employer it's just so inefficient the the employer like they're not bad people they're gonna take care of you just like trust them uh you know, that was predictably proven to be a pack of lies. But I think, you know, now here in 2022, everyone just kind of like knows that's the score. Right. Uh, whereas I don't think I think like 10, 15 years ago, even you would still have. You would still have a, a sort of deference to just kind of like yeah, management's not that bad. You know, job's fine. We don't need it. We don't need a union. There's, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, you look at the sheer number of like not just pay, but the sheer number of like shitty things happening in your uh, at your workplace. And you realize union could address a lot of it. I mean, if you think about like, you know, I guess this was also new touchdown of the piece is like
0: I grew up, well, you know, especially like Kato, uh, Rob and I grew up essentially not like as like unions collapsed, but. If you think about what were most people's experiences with the union, it wasn't at their jobs. It was when the teachers threatened to go on strike. It was when all you, the only reason you heard about a union was when on the news you heard, well, teachers might not be there next week. You better figure out something else to do with your kids and not, Hey, the teachers are like wildly underpaid. Isn't it weird how they have to do funding drives just to get like pencils into the classroom? Like that seems kind of fucked up. And so, the way unions weren't like actively around the dinner room table but like how i heard about them my two times hearing about them when i was younger was working at the Jewel Osco at a grocer in which i made pennies and then some of those pennies went to a union and i was never given a pitch on like why does this help me well it wasn't really there for me anyway like it was for the people who are like long term employees at this at this job but my my attitude amongst the te- the, the fellow teens was just like Great. So we give our money to our managers. So they like, they have cushier jobs. And how does that help me during the summer? Um, and cause you're not, you weren't sit down and like giving a pitch on like, well, here's what a union does. Like, you know, yada, yada. And then beyond that was, uh, just hearing my parents gripe about it when like there was, uh, like a potential for that to impact their lives and what are we supposed to do with our kids? You know, that's that sort of thing. And so I think for a lot of people that is their experience with unions, like the big shift in the last 10 years is, you know, uh, you know, like in, personally speaking, like, you know, all of the unionization that's happened in uh, like sort of our media circles started while I worked at Kotaku and they unionized under Gawker, like Gawker <laughs> started it. And then a bunch of other people unionized afterwards. And like that, yeah. that's where I re-encountered unions as an adult was oops! I happened to find myself at the like ground floor of a modern unionization effort in a sector that desperately needed it, and now I've been in a union for almost ten years. And even in times where I've thought about leaving this job and going somewhere else, like frequently, one of the first thoughts is like, well, I wouldn't want I would want to go somewhere there where there was a union. If there wasn't, like uh, maybe I'll just stay here because I, I like I like how I get a regular pay bump every year and don't have to. F- ask my managers please could i have a cost of inflation
1: <laughs> i um it's it's wild i remember my dad worked at publix which is technically owned by the employees um and that oh, being like a per- I have, I have Technic-
3: like that's the thing right because yeah, I, yeah. I know a few employee-owned places that like we're really real generous with the definition of yes. like employee. Owned.
1: It's like you had you technically did have stock, but it was never uh, enough that all the employees would ever uh, right outnumber right. the board and the <laughs> owning family. So, like, you know, it was it was more like technically when you like when you leave eventually, if they've vested, which then you get into like how long it fucking takes for those stocks to vest. So you have to be there for a certain amount of time before you could technically sell them. Back to the family so that they control more of the company uh, once you leave. Um, that Rob, is that just a little being bit a how, as big... um,
0: uh, uh, an aside, this is a little bit how the Green Bay Packers football team sells fucking quote, stock to their fans, which is really so they can show up to a shareholders meeting, which is really just a fan gathering and a way of them like raising money for the, the already ex very expensive, like luxurious football team to just oh. have more fun I mean, and Packers fans. I know them. They put this, they, they fucking frame it and they put it in their rooms. And like, it's, and I don't even say I wouldn't do it if I, if I had the chance, but it strikes me very much like that. It's like, no, you're part of the team. Of, like, yeah. No, no, you're not
1: like you absolutely are not. <laughs> um, and still remembering a time when like that was like wow you're basically that that was like why would you need a union you basically own part of the company to <laughs> to just this March REI another company that runs that way right the the yep. the thought is that REI like all the workers own it uh, a New York City REI unionized right like it's like that scam isn't working anymore even, right? Like, that very lucrative-sounding scam has fallen under the idea of, like, look, actually, we should still have a union even though technically we own, quote-unquote, part of the company. Um, And, like, that seems like a big shift, right? Like, there were these tricks that used to work kind of across the board that people aren't... are, like, getting savvy to, essentially. Um, Well...
3: uh I'll just say this. I always felt like the employee owned thing, because this is certainly what it was. Uh there's a I think it was called Woodman's uh in in the college town I went to, uh in like Alton, Wisconsin, where they were like, We're employee owned. And that that drew people to the store. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, I feel good supporting I feel good supporting this company. 100%. Uh, the same way like saying something's American made could be a really prized thing to like slap on a product maybe we are being kind of generous about the definition of like what was actually made at a like factory in the United States versus what like was received at a at a final assembly (laughs) factory. But like I like at that store, I definitely know that like you talk to employees there and they were very, they were very aware that like that fucking employee owned banner. It wasn't for them, right? Mm -hmm. It was for the people coming in to, to buy.
0: Right. Uh, Rob, can I read uh, from the Woodman's Markets Wikipedia page uh-huh. under the employee benefits section? Uh, despite the company being employee owned, Phil Woodman, you know, of Wood- 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 Woodman's Markets, <laughs> created controversy in December 2009 by eliminating the company's mental health coverage, complaining that patients could rack up uncontrolled costs for the company.
3: Woo! <sighs> yeah, that's therapy, bro. Employee owned. <laughs> You're telling me, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's I some of those tricks uh like would would work better. Um but I will I will also say, Patrick, like you can't leave out as sort of the story of like union decline how discrediting of unions a bad union could be. Yeah. Like, right. like yeah, part of this yeah, was, yeah, police was yes. police unions, teachers unions, not all uh, no, like I like, but even like Well, teachers unions are a decent example. I saw my mom go through this, right? Like, over the course of her career as a teacher in Indiana, things went from, like, mediocre to bad to, like, abysmal. And I think right now it's, like, somewhere around apocalyptic in terms (laughs) of, like. it's, It's really bad. Their ability to recruit teachers is, like, in the toilet. Um
2: to give like some insight, I I also, my mom was also a teacher. She was a middle school teacher Um, through most of my life has been like moved around grades like three times has changed from a seventh grade teacher to an eighth grade teacher to like a seventh grade teacher again, because you just can't hire new people. It doesn't work. Um... The teaching market right now is really, really bad. My high school had, I would say, three or four new teachers a year every year because the turnover rate for getting someone in that was new was just, like, ridiculously high. The market is is absolutely fucking broken, as you were saying, Rob.
3: Yeah, and and so, like, I think with unions, sometimes there's also a bit of, uh, you know, the thing about, like, generational wealth where the first generation, like, uh you know makes the money the second generation enjoys the money and the third generation loses the money i think that can happen a little bit with like labor organizing as well because like in contrast to in contrast like the energy and like solidarity i see in like for instance our union um what my mom was seeing as like they were really putting the screws to teachers unions, uh, in Indiana, like across the board, just in terms of like trying various forms of like administrative tricks to like get like basically perform wage theft. Um, and then trying to get the union to just eat that, uh, in the next contract. So there wasn't like retroactive pay, uh, required doing things, um, like going after like teacher pension funds uh as as a source of like capital you could you could lay your hands on uh but the but the thing that attended all of this was and i don't know if it was like this at every teachers union around indiana i only have like this little bit of like insight into what was happening in the chicago teachers union uh which was that the people running that union were completely demoralized uh careerists and the two components of that were, one, they had no conviction. They had no conviction that, like, any labor action could succeed. They didn't want any kind of labor action. And a lot of them were hoping that if they were good little, like, partners to the, uh like, school administration, that they might move over into management and, like, become part of school administration. And so, like, over the course of, like, I would say 10 years, things got really abysmal at the job my mom loved. But attending all of it was the fact that when the union had moments to say, like, are we going to take this? The people in charge of negotiating were coming in completely like, you know, slump shoulder being like, guys, I know it's like, we just got to, you know, we did the best we could. We got to, we just have to take this. I promise you there's no more money, uh, you know, on the table. We just have to, we have to accept this contract. And if they ever like failed a vote, um, which at one point they, they did like they, uh, they brought a contract that was a real piece of shit uh to the union. My mom like went through it in detail and like illustrated why it was so bad and it lost the vote pretty overwhelmingly. So they scheduled another vote at a more inconvenient time on a new <laughs> oh contract that was like single line item modified. And they ran it through uh with like their supporters there. And like Ooh. got the union to take this, and the and the thing we now know is, of course, teachers' unions, even as demoralized as they can be, if they actually when they actually move, they can really like create an earthquake in the politics around around their issues in the politics of a state or a city. Well, we saw we saw that in a couple of red states a couple of years back. Right, really? there West was a Virginia. wave of yeah of, of education strikes that
0: had. Like they basically just ground the education system to a halt and managed to make I don't know if the contracts were great, but they were they were better than when they were they were because they took group collective action and really, really showed like what 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 happens if like if you take all the teachers out of the equation, there's nobody show up.
3: Well, exactly. Like and that's the thing, right, is like I think unions got really gun shy about increasingly like had baked in their contract, like, you know promise you guys won't walk off, promise you guys won't strike, uh, as part of the union contract. Um, but I I will say like part of the story of like union decline is that you had a union leadership that no longer had any taste for the fight. And once that happens, it is really hard to understand like why the fuck am I paying these dues? Right. Like why am I in this? Um and that becomes like that that can sort of like help the death spiral along. I think that's gonna be the next the next step of like the unions forming is step one. And then step two is like they're gonna have to get some decent contracts out of this and like be like vigilant around them. We aren't there yet. Right now, like there's so much more organizing that has to happen. Uh the fact that you know <laughs> Activision seems to be uh drawing a map to the rest of Raven. Uh, about like what, ha- like <laughs> the need for a wall to wall union, um, is is an interesting choice. But this this well, notion, because I that think they tried to they tr- they initially attempted to,
0: I forget the exact mechanism they tried to pull. But they essentially, when the QA team said we're going to unionize active and tried to appeal that no, actually you can't. The team inside Raven can't do that. If you want to unionize, you need to make put it to a studio vote. It needs yeah. to be so- the entire developer, and they were denied. That and then the the QA team is allowed to go forward, um, and uh, you know then that's you know that's still Activision's position is that well you are now boy now you're making the lives harder of all of your good colleagues around you, but whether they actually turn the screws to yeah uh, like try try and make the rest of the studio hostile to them, um, you know those are steps that uh, you know they could take. We've you know we've seen. Things like that happen in places like Activision and Starbucks, but I – I, you know, whether they would actually take those sorts of steps given the environment that they're in right now, I don't – That's it's, it's hard to imagine other than like trying to just do these public statements and hoping that the union just runs out of gas. You know, it's – I don't know. I guess I'm trying to remain optimistic that they're suddenly not going to try and – especially because they just also went through the whole bit where they reorganized the QA team and rather than having to be their own stack, they are like more – horizontally integrated with the company which is common it happened at a very convenient time for activision to say that well geez they're not their own team because they're integrated with everybody else now but that is common and accepted as like a better way of doing qas qas work alongside design art programming to flag things as development is going on rather than just here's a broken build of the game could you figure out what's wrong um uh so how they would even manage to do that i don't i don't know but i am I'm curious. I don't even know once the unions form, how long does it even take before a contract starts? I don't, I don't know exactly how that uh, I'm kind of asking thinking, that into the wind, but I don't I feel like it
3: can take a while. Cause like I feel like it can take like, a while too. Like, I think that Amazon warehouse is still in negotiation. Um, and obviously Amazon has a lot of incentives to drag the process out. Yeah. as long. And I think that's true. Going to be doubly true at, at Activision. Ren, you had something.
2: Yeah. I've just been thinking about, the ways in which, because you were talking about the the restructuring of the QA team, which is like common practice in the industry, but the ways in which like, I think part of the other roadblock for unionization, but also one of the things that is, that's driving it right now is the shift in like the technology of corporate management, both in terms of like literally like the, systematiz- the systematization of corporations, like we were talking about with fast food services and fast food industries, but also with like Corporations' understandings of systems of power and the systems of power that they specifically create and organizing people into locations that are built to disat like dissuade um actual organizing practices. Amazon has a ton of practices like this, including like encouraging employees not to talk on their breaks, and like the history of labor has a ton of these things throughout. But I think that we are seeing a reinvigoration of practices that had fallen out of favor or had like slipped into the annals of corporate memory um that I find very interesting.
3: Yeah, I think, and I, and I do wonder how, and th- this is, you know, you can read the exchange that Patrick and I had, but like on the one hand, they've got a, a pretty large bag of dirty tricks that they can pull from, on the other hand uh you know to borrow a line from all the president's men these are not very bright guys no <laughs> um and like and, and and like the reason that becomes notable is like you look at how much money they pour on on consultants right and like at amazon the consultants were like what you should do is parachute in random managers from different facilities to go lecture uh your long island workers about like how good they have it just like working for for amazon and like, you know, uh Lauren Cowrie Gurley uh like wrote up like when that transcript leaked, it's incredibly awkward to listen to. It is like this completely astroturfed attempt to be like, how do you do fellow Amazon workers <laughs> from guys who are different like different community, different circumstances? Uh and it just it it doesn't carry off. But like the, there's so much grifting in corporate land, and it sort of starts at the top. That a lot of times the people that like their solution to a lot of things is like, okay, we better bring in consultants to figure out how we're going to do this. The cons- consultants are grifters too. They are just there to like collect a huge paycheck to like tell you how to like deal with your employee unrest. And a lot of times, and this, and I think this was the recipe that like did really lead to a lot of like union decline. Was that throughout the nineties, if if a rising tide like floated all boats, people were not going to sweat too much. Like who was getting what slice of the pie, etc. Like if workers felt like, you know, outside outside of labor union, if they still felt like we're making decent bank here and there's decent like upward mobility, will be really sympathetic to management's arguments, and if management had ever like just share just let enough crumbs fall off their off their table down to the employees they wouldn't be in this they wouldn't be in the situation right but now it's now it is a case where i do feel like everything they're trying to do is like so belated and also like so nakedly manipulative that i don't think it's like as slick as it needs to be uh Mm -hmm. because at this point you know Yeah, as Ren was saying earlier, like once employees are sort of openly talking about like, you know, a union might help with some of this. Maybe the story needs a union. Like, you've already kind of missed your best window to address the underlying causes. And I think that's like triply true at Activision, where like it's been a solid two years now of showing like announcing layoffs while cackling to your investors about how much profit the company is making. Um, your senior leadership being like unmasked in public as creeps and pests, um, like it, like I would say, Activision is probably uniquely vulnerable to this, Mm -hmm. just because there's so many factors that have piled up, and the people who are making the appeal to like, hey, you know, we don't, hey, employees, you don't need a union, are pretty largely discredited. (laughs) Because what we're supposed to trust you, you you haven't
0: fixed up the other parts of the broken house why should we expect you to fix up this one and yeah that's a that's a really
3: that's a really compelling argument i guess sort of related we're, we we are in not just the the not just a banner year for narrative games but also there's a lot of games about like labor relations labor, yeah. uh and i guess you know in some ways some similar conceit stuff to Citizen Sleeper. Uh, Patrick and Ren, you've been playing Hardspace Shipbreaker, uh, which similarly has a notion of you are somebody who's this, this is, this is still a conceit, right? In Final Launch version, you are basically a clone that is working off their corporate debt by working in a breaker's yard, yeah. uh, like they, salvaging ships.
0: Is there yeah. a full like cinematic intro for that? In so, this game came out in early access like a year-ish ago, year and a half yeah. ago. It is now hitting 1.0. I watched the trailer for it and was like, "This seems cool and chill and interesting." And they're like, "Hey, we're also going to do a campaign that's like really satirical and interesting and political." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll just I'll wait for that, I guess." Mm-hmm. And then it hit 1.0. And so, Ren, you've played this before. Yeah. Okay, before I comment on like how the game opens for me, like how does the game how does the game set the context for itself in in the past?
2: So the introductory sequence where there's an introduction sequence where basically your character signs a contract. Um, you go through and they give you a bunch of like different contract things where it's like, okay, do you agree to this? Type in your name. There's like little bits and jokes hold, in there. Hold on. I like, need to read some of them. I took yeah, a screenshot please.
0: because it was, <laughs> there's even a whole section where there's a terms of service that is so long and it they, they're preying <laughs> on the thing that, Terms of services prey on all of us, which is like you don't want to read this. This is a lot of legalese. And I implore you, please read it. There is a lot of exceptional writing in there. But this uh contract that uh uh Ren is discussing, I'm gonna paste it into uh our Discord.
2: Extremely funny.
0: Yeah. Uh is extremely funny. It says things like please agree to each statement. I have no criminal record in the Terran or Martian zones. A record in the Jovian frontier is acceptable. I am not a member of, I <laughs> have never been associated with, a workers' union or other labor interest. I have completed my annual medical exam and have been cleared of having McCullough's, <laughs> McCullough's lung. lung. <laughs> I have no commercial or real estate interest on Luna, in the asteroid belt, or in the nation-state of Arizona.
1: <laughs> That's I will why bring they have a different a po- time zone.
0: <laughs> I will bring a positive attitude and a problem-solving mindset to work every day. I understand and accept the health risks associated with long-term exposure to <laughs> Vander field. I will vote for Chancellor Chung Zhang in the pan-American Senate election. And, like, those are all the things you have to agree to alongside, like, very uh, various things that are associated in terms of service uh, before you get to the next part, Ren.
2: The, the other thing that I really love is that when you name yourself, uh, there is a rule about not having any uh, anti-corporate phrasing within your name. Uh, which I will think they is rege- very funny. Will they reject funny. some names? Yes, they will. They will oh. 100% reject names that involve you being like, fuck Lynx Corporation. If you say anything about the <laughs> Lynx Corporation, oh, your name gets funny. rejected. It's really, really funny. <laughs> Amazing. Um, like, if you named yourself Jeffrey Union, they would be like, no. <laughs> 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 nah, nah, not Jeff. This one ain't for you, buddy. Um, and then afterwards you go and start doing training as a shipbreaker. Okay, um, but hold on. Okay, so but yeah. okay, so when you do that, yeah. at least what happens in the 1.0
0: and I'm, is that uh, so there is a process. Like yes, you are a clone, but the way the Lynx Corporation works is that uh, they have they're going to extract your genetic data, and then we're like death is no longer a problem. Like workplace accidents, psh, no big deal. We will actually, while you're dying, we will, we can create a clone of you in real time and just shift your brain over there. Um, uh, but there's a whole sequence where they reveal at the last second, at least to the player. Um, I didn't pick up on this that, hey, so my thought was like, oh, right. I guess it makes sense in this like dystopia that they're doing that they're going to extract my gen- genetic material so that I can be cloned in the future. But then they're like, and by the way, the extraction will kill you. Um, and then there's a whole sequence where, do you like watches your character like screams as like the genetic material is extracted from them and then you die and wake up yes. as a laborer uh you know and and going you know as you go you know go about your work day it's a it's a scene played there's a real fine line between like if a, if a game like soma playing in similar sort of spaces you know at least thematically about like what is the mind and like what happens with cloning and th- and like moving the brain and things like that is played extremely dark like this one is is played for laughs but that sequence in particular was like <laughs> heinous like deeply uncomfortable and then it's just like boom now back to the chipper corporate uh satire uh you know m- machine that the game has is kind of aesthetic running through its writing and, and, yeah. and yeah. Its art and it's it's fucking awesome
2: <laughs> it is it it rides its tone really really well um When I've written about it twice previously, once when it first came out, where I wrote about um, the game's, like, the interesting, um, I think, class politics uh, in some of its, like, literal grading systems uh, and, like, the, um, uh, like, ship grading systems. Uh, And I also wrote about uh, the Act 1 of its narrative, which is explicitly about unionization. The game's narrative is about unionization as a process, and Act 1 ends with basically the corporation being like we're gonna send uh people to oversee things because we've heard there's unionization efforts so we will be investigating your whole shit um this is not a spoiler this is like literally within the first five ou- like four hours of the game um and it's like th- it is the premise of the narrative and i think it's really well done um i really love this game uh it's- clones are called spores clones are called spores it's called such a Spares. terrible name for wow. clones. <laughs> spares and there was
0: i uh uh so you know the op- i'm only played like the first 90 minutes or so uh and i i guess if people aren't familiar with the game like the, the the basic setup of what you're doing is you're out dismantling ships and so you have like lasers and grappling beams so that you can basically use a on a very basic level using a like a scanner to identify different weak points in the ship. So you can dismantle the parts specifically so that like this part goes into this collector, this part goes into that collector and you're trying to do that in the most efficient way possible without destroying too much of the ship in the process um, because the, sh- the ship because uh, <laughs> well, also when you go through this sp- like genetic extraction sporing process, there's a whole sequence of the game uh, tells you, you are just enormously in debt, and then the arc of your like career is paying off that debt. I believe I also took a screenshot of the amount of
2: debt that it's you're in one point two two seven billion dollars. Yes, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus.
0: Yeah, but just and, for
3: inflation; like it's you know not
0: that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me. I have a screenshot of that too. Um. Anyway, um, that that is sort of like the setup of the games that you're like dismantling this the this stuff, and I. Uh did not realize that. So when you when you're thro- throwing things into the different sort of collectors, yes, did it seem like they have some sort of gravitational pull? Yes. yes. Did I assume that gravitational pull was related to the like metal, different like metals items going in? It was like this is an advanced sci-fi game. Like would we just be pulling in the stuff I'm, you know, that I'm throwing at it. Like I'm cool. Uh, and then like I had something because a lot of the game is. You like using this grappling beam to create momentum so that you can not have to like slowly bring the thing over, but you can like rip it off the ship, like angle up a shot, swing it around and then push it. And you can basically like fling it over into the it's associated disposal uh, and you can go back to working on on the ship while you're managing your oxygen and fuel and yada, yada, yada. Um, And I was like, oh, I'm going to go nudge that thing in. It didn't get collected. And it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> I appear to be being collected (laughs) (laughs) as I felt my character as my character was dying. And, uh, they're just like, it's cool. It's okay. We're building your other spore. Like you'll just, you'll just wake up in about 30 seconds. Like, bye. see, don't worry about it. Bye. And I'm just like, this is fucking horrifying, but I'm
2: also laughing the entire time. Um, The first time I really remember a death that stuck with me in that game uh, was when I was working on a ship and I was trying to basically blast a side panel off um, and I had thought I had hit all of the relevant cut points Uh, and I was like squeezed up into this like passageway where like basically my character's body could barely fit in. Uh, and I was like, oh, I've got all the cut points. Let me just use a gravity, uh, a, like a tether pulse. Uh, sorry, no, a grapple pulse and basically blast this thing away. The thing is, you do not want to grapple pulse on objects that have more mass than you. Because basically what I did was I grapple pulse and it jammed me back into the wall to the point where my care, like I became stuck in a place that the game was not supposed to let me get to. Uh, and I became stuck in the wall. And then my oxygen started ticking down. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just had to fucking wait. Uh, and then when I finally got my new body back, I was like, okay, cool. That was heinous. That was terrifying. As I just had to sit and wait and let my oxygen tick down. I get out there and I see that the entire fucking ship has started drifting <laughs> into the um furnace oh one of the collectors into because the because here's the thing the higher mass an object has the more it is affected by those and so the ship had just been knocked a little bit and had been drifting very quietly for about 10 minutes and i was in the <laughs> ship when i realized this and oh, then no. the whole ship with me in it just slams my character in the face and then throws us both back into the furnace so not only did i die three sorry twice while trying to dismantle this one ship i also lost every vulnerable every valuable component of the ship to being obliterated uh in this um in this furnace uh
3: i would say i I do remember one of the something i really enjoyed about this is that it does a really good job of being industrial accident simulator 2022 (laughs) because like the the thing that happens is you're like yeah, I got this. This stuff isn't that bad. And you start like getting really casual with how you use it. You start being less like, you stop planning as much or like thinking through mm-hmm. what yeah. you're doing. And so like the thing that got me was, uh, I remember you get, so you can get sort of turned around and forget like which orient because you just start spinning around. You're whipping stuff yeah. into the furnaces, et cetera. And the thing that got me was I just lost track that I had. Slow, because it was a really heavy, it was a really massive set of chained together objects. And I'd slowly set them drifting toward a furnace. Great. No problem. Then I zipped around and kept doing other stuff. And I did not realize that in doing all that other stuff, I had moved into the flight path of this like freight train of ship components. And it was now above me where I had kicked it off below me. And so I was like, it's not even like, like it's 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 uh, drifting down toward the furnace and I'm up here and it's fine. And then I see like a massive like star drive, like start coming down like a window shade in my monitor. And I'm like, that's weird. And I start to look up and it's like just complete eclipse of like ship components pasting me. <laughs> um And it was like. <laughs> Should have seen that coming, but also like I'm on like I started to feel really confident about like how fast I could do this. And I was really looking to get that like extra money for getting more ship components Uh, and just completely lost track of like what I was doing, where I was or the fact that like these things can kill you.
2: One of my favorite narrative components about this game, because the way that the game's difficulty curve works is that it introduces new hazards to the ship over time as you are cleared to take on larger and more complicated ships. So eventually it adds coolant systems, uh, sorry, fuel pipes, coolant systems, electrical systems, and air pressurization. Mm -hmm. Uh, and these four systems all have very complex interactions with one another and each ship has to be disassembled in a very particular way i was playing today and got to a new ship that i didn't play uh when i originally like was going through the game and these ships have three thrusters these thrusters to access them you have to remove uh nose cones from the three massive thrusters like we're talking thrusters that are the size of other ships in the game that is how big they are right and so you have to take off a panel throw the panel into your processor cut the cut point go to the other panel throw it into the processor cut the cut point and when you do that it does explosively depressurize yep. <laughs> because there's no way Because there's no way to get in there to depressurize that location. So you just have to be like, all right, time to pop off the nose cone from 50 feet back. Because if I don't, I will get obliterated. Uh, And so you pop off the nose cone, you throw it in. At this point, you're like trainer. And the game comes on the radio for me. And he goes, so this is where this gets difficult. Um, They don't send people. To flush the coolant, the, to flush the, uh, fuel pipes before they give us the ships to salvage. Yep. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to cut out this thruster, at which point these fuel pipes are going to ignite. And what you're going to have to do is go to the back of, you're going to have to pull out the thruster and then go in through the hole you made from pulling out the thruster to the back of the ship and pull a lever. And that will vent the fuel (laughs) before you get ignited.
3: By the way, that's something I, I appreciate about this game, too, is the sense of, like, yeah, this is how ships are designed. This sense of, like, there's the stuff that's readily accessible, like large right. modular parts that are meant to be, like, dismounted or modified or taken off for service. And then there's the parts of, like, the central frame of the ship that are not meant to be accessed after, like, the keel is, is laid down and the, the hull is sort of built and getting to those things is really hard but it, it there's a whole category of like maintenance task you need to do that involves like i need to get into that crawl space and nobody is like once that ship is built nobody was ever supposed to need to get into that crawl space and and because everything's under the under the gun with the clock there's usually a safe procedure you can follow to do these things but man you sure would get a lot more pay for this job if you could make the ship explosion work for you <laughs>
2: <laughs> there there's also a fun little narrative note that the game does is uh they say um uh, in, in one of the things where it's like we you've unlocked the hazard class two ship and that's because we trust you we feel like we don't need inspectors because we can just trust our ship breakers so much to be able to, <laughs> to properly yep. disassemble this ship so why would we need inspectors when we trust you our family to disassemble
1: these ships so it's so fucking I, good i'm trying to remember isn't there also a thing about how each clone actually costs you money yeah, oh yeah, is, you, yeah. yeah. You, have you have to pay for the clones when you die uh. um so
3: quick question in terms of like the stuff that's in, here in this in this release uh is there more narrative stuff happening so i remember yeah. in in act one there were like little logs you'd find from the ships or telling some of the stories that are that are happening out there in the wider universe but like as far as what was going on in my character kind of felt like what I was playing was a proof of concept of like what the gameplay would be and some narrative like mm-hmm. dressing was on that. But I'm curious if it does feel like there's more of a story being told through the full release.
2: I mean, I think that the like true act one added a bunch of voiced characters. Uh, let's think it's, uh, D, um, something, uh, Lou and Kaido. Um, who are all characters who each have very different relationships to uh, Lynx as a corporation and have very different experiences like as people working the yard and working on ships and they will chime in and talk to you as you are disassembling ships sometimes. It's not all ships, but every once in a while someone will call in and be like, hey, so did you know that our uh, manager actually used to be a shipbreaker until one of his clones got fucked up? And that is the body he's now stuck with because his genetic oh, that's um, right. his genetic memory is now fucked, and so he can't actually work on ships anymore. Because if they try and clone him again, he will be increasingly disabled over time. And so they basically had to pull him from the actual like shipbreaker like production line. Um, and like conversations like that will happen. Uh I'm a, I'm about to start act 2 because I ended up having to much to my surprise replay act 1 but it only took me like 2 hours because I'm so familiar with the ships that it was not hard to get through the certifications required. Um but it's I'm really excited to see where they go with it because I at this point trust the game's writing. Its mechanics alone have such an interesting perspective on labor that I cannot help but but think that uh it's it's writing which is pretty sharp will end up doing something really cool i'm extremely excited about it
0: it's also just a good puzzle game like, it's very chi- like I mean, look like yes like there's so much of the, the setting and the writing is like a very waypointy sort of thing but like it's just fun to just dissemble
3: Ships, like, well, it's always I, I, a weird tension with games like this, right? Where it's like, we have some things to say about, like, the dehumanization of labor, but yes. also this shit's gotta be fun as hell. And uh, so, like, yeah, they, they do a very good job walking that line, but I, I would agree.
2: Wait, well, I mean, like, it, it, it clicks the part of my, it, it, like, tickles the part of my brain that used to build, that used to build robots and, like, likes working in a machine shop. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a, in the same way that I have a favorite, like, tool in a machine shop, that being a manual mill, I also have, like, favorite tools that the cutters get to use and favorite ways of, like, interacting with different problems because, you know, once you get used to a ship, you can be like, okay, I know three different ways, and this is, like, a thing that's true of, like, any manual labor job. You eventually get to a point where you're like, I know three or four different ways to approach this problem, and now I get to pick my favorite one that I think works for me personally and I feel like doing in this particular moment. Uh, And that is a really, really good feeling. And like, I also think that like that is part of the tension in the game is the fact that, like, yeah, this shit is fun. Ah, damn! Like, there is a world where this is a good job. Like that that, that the work itself is enjoyable mm-hmm. is to me part of its like criticism is that like this could be great. great this could be great for everyone involved. And it has manual labor not itself
0: to. does not mean it is unsatisfying. Right. Like that's I think it's, right. like, a t- like a that is something that as a society we. Ten and this is what this the game is is picking at. It's like, oh, like people doing manual labor, guess they're not smart enough to do like a real job. And it's like, actually, this shit's like really sophisticated, interesting. Like you said, rent tickles your brain. And uh like there's something to this, it's just how we surround these people and talk about them and how we treat them and step on them. That's the problem. It's fucking fine if you find you like putting together Legos, you like taking them apart. Th- that's what this is you're just doing with a blowtorch and you know like uh, and other associated lasers and gadgets and i i th- i think that's one of the ways in which its gameplay is commentary that is like on a much subtler subtler level than like the outright right. satire and you know conversations that are happening and it's i think it's a lot of what makes the game work for me is you can com you can play games in this space playing with these themes that like it's all on the writing. Like it's it's all on that. And and the mechanics exist mostly just to give you some. I mean, Citizen Sleeper is also like this, right? I think it has really strong mechanics and really strong writing that work in tandem to tell a story. And that is I think even truer here. Because the the dice stuff in Citizen Sleeper is it's a fun way of doing chance in a visual novel that has meters that need to fill and and it's fine. Um, whereas this is like, hey, like before it had a story, this was just a really fun video game and then they found a really smart story to layer on top of it that just takes it to a completely different level and also frankly introduces it to a person like me who just I I would end up playing this for like an hour and going well that's cute and interesting but like doing this faster or more efficient is not it's like a high high score in a pinball game like it's not appealing to me but you layer on a story and progression and like an arc of something
3: an hour cooking (laughs) with gas
2: yeah and also like god the ships get so big the ships, the puzzles get so big.
3: I uh, I got to get back back in on it. As soon yeah, as I same. stop just fucking dominating Citizen Sleeper, I'm going to be the mayor of that space station the way I'm going. Uh, <laughs> and also, I haven't tried it yet. I'll report back to you. Maybe, I can, maybe we can mutually report back,
0: but uh, it apparently runs really well on the deck. Um, and so I'm going to be out of town this weekend away from my computer, and as beautiful as it looks on my new PC, uh, it does seem like the kind of game that would also be very enjoyable in a handheld form.
3: All right, so we're gonna take a quick break here and circle back to hard space next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, fucking okay, dumb! I absolutely know that Kato's going to leave that in. Too. Yeah, that's Stupid. gonna be it. That's
2: gonna <laughs> be in there somewhere. So, fuck fucking dumb as to Go somewhere, silly.
3: Hey, um, so just to close the loop on something real quick, uh, that I get up to of late. Patrick, you might remember that we needed to hurry up and finish the thing last week because I needed to get out of town because, uh, the AC was broken. (laughs) Because
0: you, 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 all you wanted to do was just, you know what my partner deserves? It's just like a little me vacation. All you're doing was thinking, I just want to treat my partner right. Go up the coast a little bit. Um, And like, no, I am not locked into a hotel that I just booked. Then 45 minutes later, it turns out I don't need it. And this hotel has draconian cancellation policies. No, you were just thinking of your partner, your family, just wanting to get away.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: Family man, Rob acne.
3: Yep. (laughs) Just outdo me. Just trying to outdo me. Just, and you know, ah, the reason you rob. don't even look at whether a booking is refundable or not is because you just want <laughs> one way or another, you're going to make that magic happen. You're going well, we to have this, <laughs> this vacation. I
0: don't want to. I don't want to have the option to refund it because I want to commit. I, I want to commit to my family. Like,
2: given the option, that's just weakness. That's <laughs> just commit to weakness. a belief in love, you know, commit to a belief in <laughs> in human connection. You know, that's what a hotel visit's all about. That's what a hotel booking <laughs> is. It's a commitment to connection.
0: I mean, especially one that you call and make sure. Y'all got HDMI cables? And they're like, yeah, we do. Do we know if they're 2.1? We don't. But that's okay. You I guess what they own.
3: didn't have when we what, checked what? in. What HDMI cables.
0: <laughs> what? You didn't bring one?
3: <laughs> I. The lady at the desk had assured me they had them. Oh, I never, I yeah. never I would have trusted never that. I would them. have I absolutely. Would,
0: oh, I, I would laugh can't. in their so face. So you didn't get to Elden the ring? Oh, hold
3: on. There was a Walgreens in town that had HDMI. We bought the last HDMI cable in Camden. Oh,
1: did, you, did you not ask for the person who you talked to on the phone?
3: I'm not sure she The person Exists? I talked to was a young lady. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And she had to go the, talk to somebody else. Yeah. Yes, but when the you only were people I saw subsequent to this were like older women. Uh one you of whom she, seemed you think she took <laughs> so the young lady was like Damn, we got HDMI cables? Like
0: no one's gonna notice these. I was listening to a podcast recently. They told me you should steal from your job. I'm taking these cables oh. and going off. <laughs> uh,
3: oh, damn it. Fuck. So let me tell you, uh, first of all, like on the plus side, it was a very nice trip. Like going up to coastal Maine, uh, like ducking out on the entire heat wave was very nice. That was cool. Uh, literally and figuratively. Um <laughs> Things that began to go wrong. (laughs) HDMI cable. Obviously not optimal. (laughs) Mina getting a massive ear infection.
1: (gasps) No. Uh, Also,
3: so we picked her up straight from the groomer and went up to Maine. Next morning, she starts like flicking her head back and forth really violently again and again. And it's like, uh oh, her ears are a little red. By Saturday night. The dog is in a stink cloud of like infection and is like deeply depressed and upset. And it turns out like there are no vets with openings like anywhere on the planet, apparently. Like you just can't like you're like, I need to take my dog in. And it's like, great, we're booking two weeks out. Or you can go to the pet hospital with the six hour wait. Uh so eventually we did we did like um the pet hospital situation was so bad uh that like we ended up on the monday we came back like it turned to a whole like search for we ended up finding a place in like rural maine Like, it's a lot of it's rural but you know what i mean like had to go a mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty far in there to find someone uh that did have an opening that could see her. and the thing that's frustrating is It was a 30 second trip. Like, we knew it was like she needs, you're just getting medicine. She needs eardrops and antibiotics. That's all she needs. Mm -hmm. And, like, and it will take five seconds to diagnose her because you can smell this dog (laughs) from two blocks away. And
0: I didn't realize ear infections in dogs were like stinky. You can smell them. They're stinky. Yeah.
3: It's, there's, so it's a combination of like, um, so Mina, like poodles in general, like have mm-hmm. ear in their ear canal and it's kind of like, it's kind of tensionally what do you, what do you do with them? Cause if you don't, if you don't pluck their ears, they're prone to ear infections cause stuff just gets stuck in there. Um, yep. and like cause an infection. But if you do pluck their ears, then you've broken the skin in the, in, in the ear canal and there's a good chance it'll get infected. So like it's, it's kind pick, of you pick your poison yeah like you're kind of rolling the dice either way um but this this we here we had a plucking just like go particularly poorly um and so like the the combination of like the you know huge floppy ears and deep ear canal and the infection like yeah it gets it gets kind of stinky uh in there but yeah it just turned to do that so that was became a whole other derailing aspect but patrick i'm sure you're wondering how else could rob have accidentally made this shatteringly expensive
0: Oh my, oh my god. Yes, <laughs> I, live. I want people to I want people to know that yes, we do po- we do some you know planning for the podcast, but I don't know I don't know genuinely what Rob is about to say. Like cause Mm-mm. there's a world where like, oh hey, they work this out, they're talking about it, like Rob wants to fit this in. This is this is new to me.
3: This is Dude new to us, you. So yeah. please continue. Flashback <laughs> to about a week ago. Uh huh. Me observing that the fridge door was getting kind of hard to shut and we really need to be mindful about like making sure we slam it shut because if you just sort of bang it shut with your elbow or something, really good chance it'll like close 95% and then slowly back out and slowly back out to like 80% 80 shut. We at home, I'm unpacking, (laughs) like, you know, go out in the kitchen, starting to like put stuff away. I look over at the fridge, look back to like what I'm putting away, oh. and then just like look back at the fridge, and I'm like, "Have I, have I had anything to eat out of that fridge yet?" I, I'll bet I got a drink or something. I just don't remember it. I bet that just happened. I bet I just forgot the the drink I got out of the fridge because oh. I was driving. Yeah, I bet that. I bet I just open. I bet I opened it and I just I just found it. And I go in there, open it all the way, and it's like. Multiple beautiful colonies of new life, uh, being <laughs> oh, created, uh, like all over. Uh, food in the fridge. Oh. Uh, the water in the watercraft is like a balmy seventy-five uh, degrees. <laughs> right,
2: because it was so fun. It was
3: AC. Did the heat?
2: Did the heat get fixed?
3: Well, yeah, because the AC got yes, the AC got fixed. and did okay. hold together through the week uh, through all the weekend. Right. Um. But yeah, so in addition to the (laughs) non-refundable hotel and everything, Mm -hmm. lost completely restock your fridge all of our food,
2: food. all of your food,
3: and also this (laughs) could just be me. (laughs) But I feel like the fridge isn't getting as cold as it was before. Oh (laughs) my god! Oh my! I've got the you know little the shitty little knobs where it's like cold versus cold I don't trust I don't trust those I don't trust them either but also I find it very alarming that I'm like hey I would like this I would like anything in this to be cold right just anything in it to feel cold and right now it's like pushed all the way to the absolute coldest setting and I'm like man Mm -hmm. it is taking a long time to get anything cold in there and like fridge are you good is it possible that Having the compressor run throughout a hundred degree heat wave may have oh shit it, like you might have pushed it, it over the oh edge because god. of the scenario,
2: huh? Because it had to work overtime. Oh yep. my god! Because the temperature se- Yep. Yep. <laughs> Rob, I think you might have burned your fridge out. Yep.
0: And here's you want to know what's what's worse, just to like just to twist the knife a little bit is that you're not 100% sure this is the case. You will not be able to figure that out in the next 24 hours, 72 hours, even 96 hours. Right. Because the this best time to buy a fridge is this fucking weekend. Yep. Like, yep. everything is like $700 off because it's Memorial Day. It's the last big one before July 4th. I I, I jokingly, I, like, I got an email from Home Depot that was like, hey, we saw you, uh, one of those things you were, you know, we were tracking you, obviously. Um And uh, one of those items you were looking at. Hey, do you know it's Memorial Day? It's a lot cheaper. It was like one of the stoves we were looking at for the stream. And it was like $700 off. And so I pasted it as a joke. But now that is making me see that, my God, you're you're staring down the barrel, like finding out this is broken two weeks from now. And like you're going to miss the boat. It's not like you have a garage that you could just. Well, and fuck also, it. I'll,
3: just, I'll put it in there because it's going to break eventually. Remember the logic of like, I need a new stove like fast because like, it's expensive to live without it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh,
1: That's
2: <laughs> even triple triply so for the
3: fridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like, like in retrospect, the, the stove like, if I'd known this was going to happen, I'd have been like, stove can wait. Like, we can, of course we can make this work for weeks and now yeah uh so hoping that fridge is is good hoping it's
2: good is it it's, rob it's rob i have good. a question it's not good. yeah if you can we get would it be uh, a problem for you to give us a fridge temp check right now for you to stand no, I can. Up, let me let into me go the other I, will, room. I will
3: go over and i'll get the temperature probe out and Thank stick you. it in. The, I feel like the water is probably the best. The best. The water stuff. is a really yeah. good indicator. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah, hold yeah, on yeah. one second.
2: All right. Hey team. Hey team. Yeah. Hey, let's let's have let's have a quick team meeting here.
0: Um, mm-hmm. He's fucked, right? <laughs> well, what he needs to do? What he needs to do <laughs> realistically is he's, he's got to try and ride it out till July fourth. Um, think
1: so? You don't think? Uh, because you it, don't think. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. You don't think Friday morning is a rebuy Rob of a, a refrigerator stream so Jeez. we can pick one out and then he can watch for the sale I, on I Monday? I mean, that's what he
0: should do if he, if, if he can be sure of that. Yeah. that. But it's like the question is, does he want to take that leap? But he's not going to be able to get someone to come out and tell, you know, right. pr- probably not be able to get someone to come out in the next couple of days right. to just come in and tell him.
1: I don't know if there's any you know, fridge repair people. You know, hey, food. this is
0: going out. You've got you've got a couple of months, but this thing is gonna die. Yeah, you know, you, you should know. figure it out. Um, Because if, if, if he's got a couple months, and he can get by, and yeah, everything's not as cold, but it's not gonna ruin your food. You
2: can you can get to and the end of July 4th. sale <laughs> oh, no. start
0: at the end of June. Right.
2: Rob, well, right. Rob's having a, my food is ruined face. No. <laughs> he sits down.
3: I'm looking <laughs> yeah. up how cold is a refrigerator supposed to be? <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Uh... That sounds like a more than whatever the number that you got. Uh-oh. If you're worried about, <laughs> oh shit, oh no! <laughs> What's
2: the number, Rob? How cold is a refrigerator is the supposed number, to be? Say the number, Rob. Say
3: the number, Rob. So according to Google, pulling from the FDA guidelines, the ideal refrigerator temp- temperature is 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below.
2: Okay, but is that real? 40 or below.
3: I'm wondering if that's the ideal, but then there is a FDA real tends world. to be aggressive. This is true. Like, right. That's what e- I mean. Like, FDA likes to overcook food and probably overchill. Right. Yeah. You should definitely not ever true. eat a rare steak. It will kill you. Let me that's just go to Consumer thing. Reports. So let's true. see what. Rob, well,
2: okay. okay.
3: Let's see what yeah, Emmanuel's should, wife has to say.
2: We should hold the number until. Did you tell us what
0: he oh, denied. Oh, okay. I have not yeah, told you, you what t- the number is. No. No. All right. Yeah.
3: Don't oh, tell us. Okay. Consumer Reports actually wants it to be 37 degrees. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're talking about Fahrenheit here, right? Just yeah. to be sure. Yes, okay. Kato, Yes, Our refrigerator <laughs> should
0: not be thirty-seven degrees. No, no, quietly, we switched to Celsius, and <laughs> so we just didn't tell anyone.
2: Your fridge is thirty-nine degrees. You, you open your fridge, and it's it feels boiling. Like a, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you open the oven. That would
2: feel like a warm mouth. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Your in mouth, like keep like it like a good <laughs> simmer. <laughs> <laughs> my my fridge is 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 inside warm.
3: Okay, so. Okay,
2: so hold
0: on can we okay yeah. so team yeah. uh sidebar uh so based on rob's reaction it feels pretty far he's, um, <laughs> he's so we're thinking he's 37 to so 40 fucked. is what the two different recommendations are um where do we think does everyone want to take a guess yeah. I'll, okay i'll go first uh 40 no it's probably in the 50s i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 51
1: Ren, what do
2: you got? Forty-four. Forty-four. If it was above fifty, I feel like Rob would 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 be. Well, we would. Now, I feel like we are getting would a sixty-five.
1: We'll see. Sixty-five. 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 Six auto. Auto. I, think, I think he would be awesome. Oh wait, are <laughs> we doing on prices on right? GBI. Are we doing prices right? Rules or are we doing just closest to it? <laughs> you went. Clover. Okay, hold on. I. You know what? <laughs> this is what, what? I mean. this is, is what I mean. This is what I mean. The Britta is not
3: a reliable. The, you know what? I put fresh water into the Brita routinely. <laughs> it's probably just dealing with the hangover from the last time I put the
1: water in. It might uh-huh. be a little warmer. Let Hi. me
3: just real quick check the milk. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. That does make
1: sense. Uh, we should decide, though. Is it yeah. closest to, no matter if you're over or under? Or yeah, I think it's closest to. Okay.
2: I think it's closest, closest to. to. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe I'll go down <laughs> to 60, maybe. Kato if you think his refrigerator is sixteen
1: deep do I don't think it's actually sixty. I
2: think I sixty is closer than your
0: guesses. Is what do like. I hope it's? Do I? I feel like sixty would be spoiling things. Sixty would again. be
2: spoiling things. Probably, yeah, sixty probably. is. Actively... I mean, I hope it's
0: sixty because that's funnier. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. do I feel bad. Rob did just spend like
2: that's a lot
0: of money to spend on appliances.
2: Sixty is actively room temperature. Like that is like I I keep rooms at sixty. If my refrigerator is the same it's temperature as a room that I am in, listen, I'm broken inside. No, it's um, okay.
0: <laughs> okay, here we go. It's so Rob, cold for me. Is is what I should say. Uh, is Rob? Okay, Rob. Are, don't tell us the temperature. Are you feeling better or worse based on testing? Better. The
3: better. Mm. Okay. The milk okay. is All right.
0: the milk is more reassuring. I'm gonna give it, okay. I'm gonna give everyone a chance to adjust your numbers. So I said 47. Kato, you had
1: sixty-one. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna he's feeling oh, no, better. I'm just about going the milk? over the old numbers. Yeah, okay. The old
0: numbers. I said 61, sixty-five Ren, originally.
1: Were,
2: which is uh, you're forty four. I said, right? said forty four degrees. Now, Rob, can I tell you a little fact? Can mm-hmm. I tell okay. you a little fact, kind of before you give us this number, uh, Rob? What do you think? Uh, what temperature should milk be stored at? <laughs> do you think, Rob?
1: Is that different? He's from gonna what? reveal too much information. Yeah. By yeah, yeah, yeah I if I
3: tell you the number, it's. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is any who wants? To, I assume you want to change your number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think probably uh, fifty five. And we're doing 55. closest to. doesn't matter if we're over or under. Just closest by delta.
0: It's closest to, okay. yes. So, 55, 47. And, Ren, you want to stay at 44. 51?
2: No, 44. I have stood sorry, sorry. by 44. I stood by 61.
3: Okay. okay. All right. Hit us, Rob. So, the milk, which has not been, nobody's had any milk today. It's just sat in there all day. Mm-hmm. Like, not been taken out, not open until I took this temperature check right now. Uh is at forty-two degrees.
2: So Rob, yeah, okay. the uh optimal temperature for milk to be kept at is between thirty-four and thirty-eight degrees Fahrenheit, uh after which it spoils much faster.
0: <laughs> but how fast do you drink milk? That's also the, the question. Not that fast. <laughs> not that fast. Okay. Cause we go through like cause the kids we go through you know, a carton of milk like three days.
3: I assume that's uh, not what the was true.
1: the water at?
3: 49 degrees okay by the way that's uh, that's 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 not right i think that is probably no the water is absolutely warming up the fridge that's happening
1: right that's uh yep
3: but (laughs) it's like in the height of summer that's more of a concern because you're bringing in like the tap water is coming in warm right uh we aren't there yet but the fact that this is already happening is concerning the fact that like do, the fridge doesn't have an air temperature sensor is the key thing here mm-hmm. um okay yeah mm. Mm. yeah mm. it doesn't sound like none of those numbers is great is the thing no,
0: no. none of them are good well, so when you so when you left the the thing i was saying is that uh you what you need to figure out because you're not gonna be able to figure out if you're not going to be able to buy this for Memorial Day. You can't take advantage of that sale. So what you need to figure out is, like, in the next week, can you get someone to come out and tell you, like, hey, can I can I co-send this for a month? Can I get to the end of June? Because, like, the July 4th sales start, like, a week and a half in advance of July 4th to maximize it. Can you make it to then to save pretty significantly? Like, it's not, like, these sales are usually, like, five to $700 off appliances, and yeah. fridges are... Fridges you know, are
1: very expensive. Fridges are expensive. Do you know yeah. any fridge uh, technicians in your area? Do you have a fridge, fridge guy, Rob? Do you have a guy? Well, I, uh,
3: this one's going to be the same math as the stove, where it's like, this is an old-ass fridge that, like... So there's one card we haven't played, which has... We've, we've had doubts about this thing in the past, Um, which is that the little coils under the fridge get, like, dust Like kind of like the the little air return under the fridge gets like kind of dusty and just gets less efficient, and so it can sort of get perked back up if you scour it with like the vacuum cleaner and really like clear them off. Um, but yeah, this isn't these are not good. This is not a good sign. Um,
2: no, this is suboptimal.
3: I I'm a little bit like that. That milk is not cold. That -hmm. milk is not cold. So Mm -hmm. yeah, um. So that vacation cost us yeah, the a price lot. of the hotel. hmm Uh Mina's gonna get sick no matter what. That was gonna that yeah. was gonna happen. Honestly, like being up in Maine might have actually ended up making it less of a pain in the ass. Cause like I think mean, the that situation is is even worse in the greater Boston area. But the fridge, all the food, all oh, the food mm-hmm. and the cost of the fridge, and and trust me that fridge was full <laughs> like that was like it wasn't like because it was an impromptu vacation it's not like we've right. been like you know not getting groceries because we were leaving for a few right. days so okay all right well then Oh.
2: yikes like they say nikes huh
3: So we're doing a fridge stream tomorrow, huh?
0: Yeah, uh, that's what I I was (laughs) excited about to say. How quickly can Rob get get a Memorial uh, Day sale fridge? I mean, fast. I mean, well... well, Remember, here,
3: my options are real limited because of the weird base size. So in some ways it's simpler, in some ways it's shittier. Well, and then that, again, it's the COVID manufacturing crisis. Then it's like regionally, Mm -hmm. what What are you dealing with in terms of... Almost certainly I'm getting another LG thing. Right, because yeah. like they're the, like the they have maintained chip supply. Oh, um, we'll be best
2: friends.
3: Yeah, and then all my things can talk to each other. Although my, I think my induction stove, when I was trying to hook it up to the wireless, don't somehow knocked my router offline. Don't do, don't fucking <laughs> don't, do it. Don't
1: hook it up. Don't hook it up.
0: No, he wants his spy. He wants his cooking spyware.
1: <laughs> don't let well, my cooking in. spyware. But
3: God. But it did take my router offline when I was yeah. trying to hook it up. Yeah. So I might not do that again. Um, it's really yeah, it's,
1: probably not useful. It's and well, only yeah, allows the is, yeah, an, an entry you know what, point into your into your into your land that I is underestimated
3: I underestimated how annoying that touchscreen might be though. <laughs> like yes. patrick said patrick Vindicated. said like t- watch out for that touch screen <laughs> and i was like it'll be fine most of the controls are knobs anyway and i swear to god every time i have to set a timer for 10 minutes using that touch screen or adjust the oven temperature off its default is just fucking infuriating because it's like tap 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 not registering anything hold down <sighs> you want to cook this thing for 12 hours no well because I, I you
0: my worry about all this i was like you have so many different, like, liquid – just different moistures, like, around, like, a cooking space that are going to, like, interfere with your finger's
3: ability to touch a uh, – So that hasn't come up. Uh, okay. But it is much more just the fact that, like, those weird those, – those little touch screens uh, on things like appliances are really kind of shaky about, like, detecting yeah. when they're being touched and, like, how many – uh, like how many times they've been touched? Uh, so probably it's like, for good reason. But then, when you
0: need to use them, <laughs> that good reason
2: <laughs> interferes with the ability to use them. This is hell to me. I'm so sorry, Rob. What? There's a
0: uh, would you call it was a bay fridge? Uh, me?
3: Yeah. So, so the what's the th- what style of fridge that you? Oh. Um. Well, I've got a side by side bay for No, sorry. So, no, oh, the bay said,
2: on the fridge is yeah. A the the fridge bay
3: size. in my frizz, in my mm-hmm, kitchen mm-hmm. is really small. So that's oh, okay. the problem. The it's like it's kind of weirdly. It's like not as wide. It's wider than the smallest size, but it's like not standard wide, and it's also like shorter than fridges are now. Um. And okay, so, but,
1: but you're a handy guy.
3: <laughs> as said I have, before so. <laughs> Since I since I said that guys. I, have, I have been advised that I am not.
2: Oh, <laughs> who told you that?
3: Uh MK very emphatically was like Well, she did point out that my plan, my initial plan was like we could sort this right out. She was like what about the cabinets that are hanging from the ceiling like yeah you can pull out the the countertop part but like there's still cabinets there the fridge isn't like a tetris piece and i was like oh that's so true (laughs) that's so true it it is not an l-shaped fridge and until science science like builds one (laughs) uh my initial plan for like we can just like you know fix this up lickety split isn't gonna isn't gonna work so uh yeah we will uh, like i'm gonna have to figure out well maybe maybe the fridge is still good or if not good at least it enforces some discipline about like not storing food in it that doesn't that doesn't that's not <laughs> that's, that's nothing
2: that's nothing wait
3: <laughs> What What is that, guess, <laughs> what is, what is that you, know, you know, we used to have a fridge kids where you could these, store food, but ever days. since it stopped being a place you can safely store food, lifestyle is kind of somewhat simpler. <laughs> we
2: haven't stored food. <laughs> Rob's gonna be like going back to curing meats in a week. Fucking... You're- can't do that you want, well
3: actually the broken fridge would be the perfect temperature for well, let's not say broken let's say underperforming but it's the perfect temperature for me curing i oh, love that
0: love that love that corpo speak I was say it feels yeah my we, i thought we ended the
3: the shipbreaker discussion the labor corner
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay oh, well some God. some mistakes have been made and i'm not like now that i think about it like, I'm, i wonder how cold things would be if you just had like a good cooler and like packed with ice would that be doing a better job than my fridge is right now
2: yeah probably
3: yeah kind of wonder well fuck that
2: crying. up <laughs> we'll say it like that now it's sad <laughs> <laughs> Rob, don't, don't. Hey,
3: i could get i was gonna say i could get hey, like cool new fridge out of this deal but like well, that's the problem. You do need a cool new fridge. Fridge, yeah. yeah. You don't
1: want a warm new fridge. <laughs> but, but also, uh, it's one it's One criteria. Like, makes pellet ice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's also probably not good if your bank is like, hey, um, you monitoring your... Credit
0: usage? We put a whole we put a hold on this charge because there's several multi thousand dollar transactions
3: going through at an increased rate. Wait, what happened this month, man? Are, <laughs> Are you, you cool? says, "Are you cool? Do you need to? did you like get divorced? Are you like moving in your own place now? Like I just mean, just Rob's midlife know, crisis would be the purchasing a bunch of highfalutin appliances, appliances? that
0: conveniently yeah. break." <laughs> all at the same time. So he can so he can take advantage of Best Buy's currently ongoing 10% off if you buy four appliances at one deal.
2: Sorry, they have a what deal? That's an insane deal. Wait, what is that deal? That's
3: <laughs> four for one? Who's, who needs It's 10% that?
0: off if you buy four appliances at the same oh.
3: time. Which, if, look, if you're spending if, 10 grand...
1: 10%? There's...
3: I am... Yeah, you know, I was going to say, good. I don't know who does that stuff, but this is how my mother like operated was like, she would, she would occasionally just get these like manias to her where she's like, this is why she remodeled our kitchen like three times when I was growing up. Once would have been enough, <laughs> but it was always like, we could do it's that. A nice again. sale at the Best Buy. <laughs> we get no appliances. And I was like, but money. And they're like, you don't understand money. And I was like, you're right, I really don't. And she was, my parents would be like, with this second mortgage, anything is possible. <laughs> and I'd be like, isn't that like a loan against your home? But like, again, because you don't own your home? And it was like, shh, child, you don't understand money. I understood more than I. Th- In retrospect, I was right about a few things, but now as I much, also. As much a, as I
0: loved the popcorn mode on the new f- microwave. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I, But I will also admit, like, Suddenly, I understand how just very quickly it's like, well, gotta finance an entire new kitchen, because the cascade is a-rolling. Uh, anyway, back to video games. Oh, speaking Jesus of Christ. speaking of my shit getting wrecked, I will just say, Warhammer 40k, Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters, mm-hmm. hey, that thing uh, is escalating rapidly. <laughs> like, really good tactics game. Like, continue to be like, hell yes, this thing is this thing rules also didn't expect the fact that like didn't expect it to be an issue quite so soon that all my marines would be fucked up from battles and i couldn't like i am now having to field entire squads of guys who are like a little banged up and don't have many hit points um and because they're a little banged up and don't have any hit many hit points i have a really great deployment to surgical reconstruction pipeline going <laughs> for my marines <laughs> where like fight a battle send the guy off to have his arms grafted back on uh for and the how's next that going for them well it's are they better arms no, none of none of them. Oh, so I haven't gotten any like positive buffs from augmentations. I haven't really had much happen there at all. But I did have a thing where I was like, I thought the rule was if a guy goes down twice in a mission, he was just dead. Yeah. Well, in a really hard mission, tons of people got knocked out, uh, and one guy got knocked twice, but he got teleported out when we won the mission i was like okay i guess this game was kind of bluffing or something and then immediately after a story event happened or it was like man we should just like harvest this guy's gene seed um sorry in 40k like the marines like all their genetic material is like harvested and like used to grow the next generation of marines um so we should just like basically turn this guy into future marines uh rather than like try to keep him alive. But you have a choice about it. And there there was like, yeah, we should just let him go. We should harvest the gene seed, but I didn't have a facility for doing that. So like because I had invested in that infrastructure, because I was like, I'm not gonna lose troops. I didn't have the like <laughs> the, the troop grinder set up for turning them back into marine sausage. And then there was a third one, it's like, but well, we could do some radical procedures. And I was like, fuck yeah, give him those radical radical procedures. He was a good he was a good machine gunner. Every single soldier, I do not know what is implied. Every single soldier that was on the mission with him received permanent, significant, deep like, uh, subtractions from their stats. Like, the implication is to save this one guy, every single member of his fire team is just, like, dealing with lifelong complications now and they've, so they've
2: removed like three of the the six kidneys that all of the marines have they're yes. like ah, oh, fuck we gotta check out three of those kidneys bud. sorry this guy needs 12 now not many people know that but when you <laughs> get hurt really bad you start needing more kidneys
3: and like there's now parts of the the space where like because i just haven't had the the wherewithal to get my ship over there and like intervene in some of these sectors routinely there's now places where like the missions I have to go on are so fucking hard that it's just like it's self-perpetuating where it's like I cannot take this banged up crew of like semi-rookies into this fight because they will all die. So we will go for the low hanging fruit. But in the meantime, that plan just gets like more and more scary and like overrun with chaos. So um this campaign might be in a failure spiral. Like I like. It's right on that edge. Um, I haven't failed that much yet, but like the victories, like the cost I'm now paying to like keep the win streak alive is skyrocketing, and now it is starting to enter a place where like every battle is leaving me weaker, really more than stronger, like even with guys leveling up. This Um, this came up in... The,
0: when I initially was trying to figure out, should I play this game? This seems like people were recommending it to me. But then I read, like, the PC Gamer article in which, or was IGN, in which, like, the writer said, well, it took me, like, two 15-hour runs. Hang on. I know all the- those bitches. They don't have shit. <laughs> wow! Says the guy who's admitting he's in a death spiral. Oh, my um, God. And left his fridge open on fucking weekend Yeah, but it's beautiful.
3: <laughs> like.
1: God damn.
3: Look, you can't. All you can't say, trust all John is, Balding. you certainly can't trust Len. You Hale are a leaving Rohn-Kaiser. a fridge open. Uh,
0: <laughs> you need to leave a <laughs> fridge open in him. your heart, Thank Rob, you for him. other critics' opinions. Um, anyway, th- th- this was my worry: is like uh, that if I played it on normal, like I don't, I didn't want to play a game where I needed to understand the optimization that I needed to do at the front by playing 20 hours of it and then starting from scratch. And it seems a little bit like that's what you're trying to figure out like are you done with this game and you've had your run or no i would joyously start over right 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 but like would you take the lessons of this go back and realize ah if i just done these if i specked out these soldiers in this way sooner made the x y decisions like you can actually end up in a place where you're not in this spiral which seems like is probably what you everything i've read about the game is like i don't think you're about
3: to take a turn that suddenly makes things easier no no i but i i will say like, i just need to get some clean dubs i think if i get some clean dubs then things will start going more in my direction
2: now rob i am curious what would you, would you say that your campaign has been going significantly worse than our on stream campaign or we just have not have we just not you, hit that we point? just not
3: hit the turns uh so like i got it there are like our on-stream campaign is started like we're starting into the real part of the game where like the the training wheels are kind of off but the thing is the thing that we have not seen yet but i've now crossed over in my uh solo campaign there is so this this plague we're fighting Mm -hmm. you go through the end of the first act and now there's four different plagues you're fighting like fully pandemic where it's like there's new and they each variant has like a different aspect so like when this when this form of infestation is happening, these are the negative consequences. You'll see these enemies, these things will happen to your marines. Where th- when this when this thing is present on a planet, you'll see something else. Sometimes you'll see both because they're both there. Um, and so you are see- like, yeah, King. There's more stuff being thrown at you that hits very differently, and. Also, some of the like mission types you're dealing with, and like, for instance, the most the thing that really like routinely gets me is there's these missions where you got to like race through the level and just kill, um, like some sort of nexus of infection, right? And every turn you're on the map remember like the warp energies continue building and like that basically that timer fills up and like bad shit happens for you either a a direct debuff for your marines or a buff for the enemies or just more enemies and so you have to you, you like if the planet is infested enough that charge fills really really quickly and so now you just have to like book it to try to get to the end of this level and like get to this objective but now you are fully playing in the like your guys are fully like hanging in the air at the end of every turn. Cause you're trying to like blaze through these fights. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the weird thing. It's all fucking cool. Like I'm like, I'm saying like, this is really tough. It's, it's it, like, I'm starting to like really encounter uh, some real challenge here. The thing I want to stress is all of it is awesome. Like as bad as this is, It feels incredible because it's like, okay, so these two guys now need to take on two squads of enemies who are coming from the back because they've been chasing us since they aggroed. These other two guys need to continue, like, forging forward and just trying to, like, carve a bloody path to the objective. And somehow we need to recoalesce in the middle of all this. And I need to leverage all the abilities and the ways we interact with enemies to, like, regather my forces. And there's so many tools for doing that, that like each of these fights, each of these missions, mm-hmm. like as ugly as the wind can feel, you're also like this was the most space marine shit that could have happened. Right. Where where yeah. it's like, look at this crew of badasses, yeah. like the em- the emperor protects, motherfucker. That's how it feels. But also like. I have maybe like it, like the amount of. Um, care I have to take with each turn is just steadily increasing like there are no more milk runs right now which can you know, be a little intense sometimes you need the milk run
2: now Rob can I yeah. ask you a question that might mm-hmm. be that might be tough to hear do you think that because of the amount of warp energies that you're kind of facing and the amount of servants of chaos who are kind of throwing themselves at you do you think that it, not to question the god emperor do you think it might not have been the best decision to to interact with such grim powers?
3: Uh, I mean, I I basically not to quash the God
2: Emperor, of course.
3: I mean, it may have. We could we maybe should have kept further away from the warp and its foul magics uh, <laughs> than we did. Yeah.
2: Game and, uh, Rob, I just want to let you know that there is now an Inquisitor being dispatched to your location.
3: Uh, oh my is god. They're all hot. They're all They're hot. All hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know what? That's not entirely true. Some of them are, like, shitty, toxic little, like, dudes. Ew. Um, Yeah, like, the, the the first Inquisitor appears in the early Gaunt's Ghost Novels, like, fuck that guy. <laughs> But like the hot Little Inquisitor worm. that appears later that has like a direct connection to the, to the Eldar, you know. She's cool. <laughs> she's, you know, she's, she's doing the Emperor's work. But that other Inquisitor <laughs> is evil, you know? Like, so, I think it's a good role. If the Inquisitor is sufficiently hot, probably a good Inquisitor.
2: That's <laughs> so true. Rob, yeah. that's so true of you to say. Thank yeah. you. Thank you.
3: I mean, if, look, I don't want to be the one to like, you know, it's it's awkward to be like, you know, like beautiful people are just better morally. I mean, and like, it's just like, that's just how it is in 40K. Like, how do you how do you recognize uh, the, the taint of chaos? Not hot. Not yeah, cool. Just not. Not a cutie. Not a cutie. But like a loyal servant of the emperor. Like they got it going on. Uh. <laughs> uh, hell. So Kato um, Yo. you are you are very high on one game and very low on another, and I just want to check in <laughs> on uh on on what kato has been playing lately.
2: An all yeah. high low.
1: Uh, what do we want first? Bad news or, g- or good news? I
2: guess. Well,
3: okay. Uh, like, Patrick's was casting doubt on your judgment because you were like. I think multiverses sucks. Yeah. And Patrick yes. was like, you're the only one saying that.
0: Cool. I, I have not done a comprehensive data analysis of the multiverse reactions, but. Patrick was fully gen- in the tank for multiverses. Oh. Gen- oh look, I, you know, I love a, a, a good Scooby meme turned into a video game character. Um, no, I did generally, I generally seen that people were unlike the. What was it the Spongebob? What was the other recent, It was Nickelodeon uh, based. Yeah, Nickelodeon, I forget what the fuck the name where, was of that one. we are like, maybe that one will be good. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then this one was like, I think people went in. Maybe it was just lowered expectations and came out of it going like, huh, okay. Maybe this isn't total dog shit. Because that's more or less what, how Kato was setting expectations. <sighs> no, yeah. Like,
2: huh. are you playing with another person? Est- establish
1: what this game is and what se- separates it. Sorry uh multiverses is uh wb i believe uh right yeah that's that's who owns all these ip (laughs) the wbs crack at a platform fighter aka their smash their version of smash brothers um they've got you know people all your favorite wb all your wb favorites like bugs bunny and uh adventure time and Arya stark from game of thrones what (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah no that's stupid as fuck i love it uh i'm in yeah uh definitely looked at the like uh the the all the um all the characters and was like who the fuck is that and like moused over to be like oh (laughs) this weird young woman is Arya stark okay uh you've got uh you know some dc characters in there as well of course um and basically uh the main the main mode is a 2v2 game which is yeah. already strange uh there is a 1v1 mode which is uh generally how i've played these games in the past but i i i tried all the modes out and um in general it feels like they were it, it might have been a better idea to be maybe uh linked up with uh someone to play this game but in general i was just jumping into the hopper with uh, random people and i am a longtime smash friend like i've played basically all of the games and uh i've gotten used to that cadence and this feels like slogging through molasses in comparison uh but only in parts of it uh basically uh All of the, like, input for moves feels like there's, like, a million seconds on either end of, like, the wind-up animation, the actual hit going through, and then recovery frames, like, all feel like it it takes forever for anything to come out. And then there's also an input buffer, which is a thing that fighting games have, where, like, as a move is finishing, you can input the next move you want to do. Uh, But it feels like, at times, that input buffer, because the moves are so slow to come out, that input buffer has caught me in surprise. Like I must have accidentally hit an input that I forgot by the time it actually finishes, because I moved directly into another move that uh, I didn't mean to do, because everything is just like... It's not tuned to what it wants, what it feels like it should be tuned to. And the reason is because... Uh the movement still feels like Smash Brothers. Like the speed that you can like cross terrain still feels like Smash Brothers. But then everything else is slower. It just like feels wrong. It feels it's like movement is sort of snappy. Snappy. Yeah, but it's like, like pretty quick. The quake. moves do not. And then the moves come out. It take the, the moves take forever to come out, and the input buffer, like if you're not careful with your inputs, then suddenly you're doing moves that you're like, I didn't really mean to do that. I thought it took so long for that other move to come out i could put something else in afterwards right it's like i'm hitting inputs faster than uh they can come out in a in a way that doesn't feel like you know fighting games do this all the time where it's like you have to know how long a move takes to come out before you can hit the next one or else that move is just not gonna it's not gonna happen right like you hit the input too fast it doesn't work um and this one like throws a buffer in there that is so long that accidental inputs feel like they're actually coming through and and like i, I think it's possible that it, in a world where you don't play these games a lot and you're not used to a certain speed already you could become accustomed to this kind of slower input speed but initially like i played like like 2 hours just to like really be like can i get my mind around this uh and it never really quite felt very good um what about just in terms of
3: like the cleverness of creating the character, like move sets and such, and like the 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 theming around the characters? Like, do they they do they feel like fun and goofy in a way that's authentic? Like, setting aside the like the pace of the game, yeah, do they pull it off? Where like, huh, oh, this is this, yeah, this is kind of a funny, uh, like you know this 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 is how bugs would fight.
1: Yeah, I think for the most part, that part of it, the translation of, like, the, the character into a fighting game feels all right. Like, I mean, I have less of a specific idea of these characters in general. Just, I mean, like... I, Bugs I, Bunny I, means we less know, to
3: you than Kirby.
1: Right. Like, it it just kind of does. And, like, I know Bugs Bunny. Like, yes, I watched Looney Tunes as a kid. Like, I understand that. And, like, I, I the, the translation there is fine. But, like, I don't... It, like, doesn't none of it felt um and part of this might just have to do also with the the art treatment. I think the art treatment is a little weird where I'm not sure where they're pulling like these some of these designs from where like the Bugs Bunny looks kind of weird. I'm sure if I kept up with Bugs, it's maybe like his current design uh or like same with Wonder Woman and Arya Stark is obviously the weirdest one because Arya Stark <laughs> was played by a real person and so Uh, it's like a weird, uh, cartoon version and none of them feel, um, like, like, you know, in, in Smash Brothers, everyone exists in this, like, they're all polygons, but because the designs are, uh, so different from their different, like, uh, uh, from what their different games are they feel they still feel kind of distinct and like true to what their originals are even if their originals were sprites something about the des- the character and cartooning design of this has kind of flattened them all out in a way where like they don't feel particularly unique and like i don't know the batman doesn't like look like what i expect the batman to look like it like they didn't even like attempt like take a Bruce Timm's, yeah, turn no, it 3D. At, I kind of see what
3: you mean.
1: Like, right? Like, it looks like they all they tried to make them mostly all fit within the same universe. This is going to be the they most Dated
3: as hell reference, but <laughs> you
1: remember the game
3: Toonstruck? <laughs> Patrick might remember it. No. <laughs> oh? So it was an attempt to do an animation uh, FMV uh, game starring like yeah. Doc Brown. Uh, sorry, I forget the actor's actual name. Oh, Ben. Christopher Starboard. Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> um it's on steam brad yeah i just found it Um, oh my god but but the difficulty is like everyone's like so many people have grown up seeing these characters a lot like just i like to to, like either watching the cartoons or just being aware of like that they sort of exist in a cultural space right but, like, it's actually really hard to evoke the style of the places they actually inhabit. And this, like, it reminds me of Toonstruck because Toonstruck is like, was trying so hard to evoke things like old Looney Tunes cartoons and right. such. And, you know, the problem was, and, and I would say, like, stylistically, it, it probably looks even more interesting than, than multiverses is, but, like, it still feels like kind of a filed off in some ways like generic um copy or like imitation yeah. of the original, right because so much of the designs is informed but you you reference like Bruce Tim there, right, like that is an entire show where every single thing in it has an aesthetic and an approach to like line and angle and shape that like informs everything Look, yeah looking at the footage from my multiverses well it's
1: just it's, it's like it's, look at this list and it's like the ones that are already cartoony like adventure time and steven universe characters they look like the they look like they can't change those the, those the cartooning the, the cartoony choices they made but then you look at like Arya stark batman superman wonder woman and like for some yeah. reason they've made them in completely like even shaggy is kind of off uh it's like it's weird and it doesn't feel particularly like, Yeah, I don't know. There's something about the Nintendo like method of like taking a lot of care over the IP that they've put into that and like having it feel like a very good treatment of the character. And like none of the, like none of the ones that I've played, which also I didn't get to play all of them because uh, a bunch of them are locked. You have to unlock them. And like, that's like par for the course for fighting games sometimes, but like it was still like, Oh, I have to, Play how much to download Arya Stark. Uh, it's like a lot. Uh, I, feel, I feel like it was like. I have to go back and remember how many coins I even made over the like two hours that I played it, but it was like 2,000 coins to pick her up or some shit. And it was like, I, I didn't have enough after those two hours to unlock a single character. Um,
3: well, the Faceless Men don't come cheap. Like, yeah. That's,
1: that's <laughs> true. I, uh, I think one of the things that. Also, like, hit me particularly about, like, the way that the, the game plays. It's just that it it has fewer inputs than Smash. Like, the whole thing with Smash is, like, the tilt and speed of your analog stick will throw out different moves. So it just felt like there was, like, a, a smaller move set overall. that felt like you could do less, and you were re- kind of repeating the same things over and over much more often. Um But, uh... The big thing about this one is that they have kind of designed it around two v two games, uh, where some characters have support moves. Like this one, the Rain Dog, which I, in that picture, it's the bottom left thing in that picture that I post in our chat. Uh, that's an original, an original character that they made for this game, not from any previous IP. I was, just- right here, right, I was like. <laughs> Who the fuck is Raindog? <laughs> Who the fuck is Raindog? Nobody knows. Not from anything, just for this game. Um, the Raindog has like a very obvious uh kind of support power where it tethers to another player, and at any moment you can pull that player that player towards you. So like if somebody goes off the side of the screen, which is the way you die in these games, if you fall off the platform and fall to your death or, fall, or hit the side of the screen or the top of the screen, you die. Uh Raindog can pull you back in. Which sounds like a a great thing, and maybe if you're on voice comms with someone, you can coordinate around that. But just hopping into like multiplayer and like trying some things out, there was a lot of you know, I mean, and this this just happens in any multiplayer game of like two people without a, a means, uneasy means to communicate, especially in, in a game that's supposed to be faster. Uh, you have you, there's less interesting coordination happening. And they don't set up an easy way for, uh, you to combo into, into things without kind of, you know, having that sort of, like, voice communication often. Um, but, like, even just, like, I couldn't even get to the, like, mode of, like, being like, okay, and now how do I play with my other, uh, my, my, like, teammate better? Because, like, the whole time I was struggling with making the character do what I wanted to do consistently without it being feeling like i'm throwing moves that shouldn't be happening (laughs) um uh, yeah it's just i I don't know part part of me does wonder how much of it is the muscle memory of smash Mm -hmm. just sticking hard um but it's like not that the controls are any different it's just that the controls are slower and have a lot more input lag and Frame buffering a lot, a lot more frames uh on the beginning and outset of. I
3: mean, mood. the sensitivity of people who play Smash to the feel of a Smash <laughs> game, like it's something Nintendo <laughs> also is, struggled mightily with, right? Like astounding,
1: it is yeah. astounding. I mean, and like there's still pros that don't like uh the way Ultimate ended up because of certain certain movement tech that couldn't be done, but like. I'm not to that point. Like I could never wave dash. I was never a melee purist. I really enjoyed Ultimate and still. Right. Right. Like um it this just yeah, it felt yeah. bad to control.
3: I for you know setting that aside, now you were also really high on something.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait. Which one did we say I was high on again? Oh, right. Roller Champions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, cuz I was also high on Destiny, which yeah, it's yeah, destiny we know. I lied <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's a good new there's see, new stuff in previous destiny. episodes of
0: Waypoint it. Radio. You can make a playlist, kato Fuck. <laughs>
1: uh Anyways, uh I had a lot of fun with Roller Champions. This uh Ubisoft game. Yeah, Ubisoft. I remember now actually because I hadn't logged into Uplay in so many <laughs> years that I had to reset my two-factor because it was from a phone that I didn't own anymore. Um uh, it is a sports game where you're on rollerblades. It's three, two teams, two teams of three. Uh, you're in a, you know, uh, ovular rink, and there's one hoop. Uh, and essentially, what you have to do is you have to make a full lap of the rink while in possession of the ball until you can score. If you do one lap, you get one point. You do two laps, you get three points. You do three laps, you can score for five points, which actually automatically wins you the game. It's first to five points. Um, which seems low for this sort of yeah. like, you know, basketball goes to like a bajillion points or whatever. Uh, Indeed, but the point <laughs> no, is not if you're not 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 during these <laughs> NBA playoffs, the like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Yeah. Uh, the point though is that getting making a loop is actually really difficult because what you're allowed to do is tackle other people and knock the ball out of their hands, just throw them to the ground, basically. Um, and it was, like, surprisingly fun to, like, hop into uh, these games, even as a solo player because it's, it's teams of three. But, like, there's there's a lot of really great movement tech in, in this where, like, you're allowed to kind of drift behind the people who have the ball, which allows you to catch up to them. So if you're the ball holder, you have an incentive to get, like, let your teammates kind of uh, circle around you and get in front of you so you can pass forward Um, or have them kind of hang back and play, like, defense by knocking people out out from behind you. But there, you know, there are ways to, like, do sick dodges to get around people and, like, get back. uh, You lose a little bit of momentum, but then you can speed back up by, you know, have you ever seen, like, people, uh, like, skate over, like, a large hump where they, like, pump their legs to kind of give them more momentum on the downslope? That is, like, the main momentum, uh, 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 like, mechanic in this is like the 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 way the rings are made there's like lots of slopes that you can kind of like pump to like pump yourself down to like get lots of momentum so it it feels really cool and good to like start gaining speed and trying to catch up to the person who has the ball and um set up plays with your other players where like there's a way to do uh like in a like in most like sports games you can do a pass that's magnetized essentially like aimed towards one of your people but in a pinch you can also just fucking lob the thing and there's that sort of um i think rocket league does this where there's like a line that shows you where it's going to land like on the ground so you can, you don't have to like look up to track it but it, it makes a really you can do really fun like plays by bouncing the ball out of the way and like still like catching up with it by gaining more momentum because you slow down when you have the ball um it's it's neat it's free to play and it's particularly buggy right now at the like on the menus and shit. But once you're Wasn't in, this game announced
0: like a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, like forever
1: ago. And I think it was actually there was a moment. There was a moment at some point where it was open beta or something. Was a beta, and
0: then it just dis- kind of disappeared
1: for like ever. Like I, I didn't yeah, get into like the beta, but plus. I was like, huh, that seemed interesting. And like somebody, uh, I'm in a Discord with that, like uh was following it because they really enjoyed the time in the beta and like mentioned like Mm -hmm. oh that shit's out today and it was like oh it's free to play fuck it like let's let's go try it out so i went in and like played a surprising amount of time in it just like yeah this this feels really cool to like speed along and like make pass plays with and like block for my ball carrier and um you can like You know, you've got a super jump where you can like jump through the hoop. I once jumped through a hoop during one of my games as someone was trying to shoot it and came out through the other end of the hoop and basically goaltended the thing, uh, which is allowed, but it was very, it was very fun to like figure out different ways to, uh, you know, play defense and offense in this game where at first it feels like, uh, someone might run away with it if they're far enough ahead, but there's enough of like the kind of catch up mechanics where like being with the ball is never a hundred percent safe. Like, even if you're like, you know, even if you've made a, a large gap, there's always some way to kind of either you circle back around, like you don't have to keep going in the same direction, right? Like you can go back around and like block from the other, other um, counterclockwise direction if you wanted to. And like all those sorts of strategies are like, they're fun and interesting to do and it's free. Which is a, a huge thing to me. It's just like, oh, I could just download. You know what's this. weird
3: is that there's not more rollerball video games.
1: Yeah, right. Like, well, I'm, I'm like it's yeah, wild. Like, it seems like there'd be more of this, right? Um, what was that? What was that? Was it dodgeball? There was like what was that sports thing that? Oh, the EA
2: sports game. The uh, that game? it was, was called? It called Knockout City.
0: Knockout, Knockout?
1: Yeah, City. The game, that
0: game was that game was very good.
1: Yeah. That, that's still, time is still of 2021.
0: Still, still it? it is, is EA. EA basically didn't want to be involved with it anymore, so they basically just gave the IP to the developer and said Yeah. Have fun. Have fun. Uh, um, season having,
2: five way. is currently what they are in. Nice.
1: Yeah. That's cool. I, re, I, re,
0: I really enjoyed my time with that game. Uh
1: but yeah, Roller Roller City, very, very fun game. Um uh the character creator is very funny because They've tied uh hair to to the helmets that you're wearing, so everyone starts with um it's basically like one of those like wrestling helmets you know uh that kind of but you can kind of see the person's head under those and everyone's bald you everyone has to be bald at the beginning. you unlock hairstyles through like a battle pass or you can Perfect. buy them from a store this is how they they monetize it is, this through is the those future cosmetics. corporations want <laughs> uh. We should probably wrap it up,
3: but I do have some food for thought that I want you all to reflect on because I was I was pulling up the end of rollerball. In this case and I watched the end of rollerball on YouTube because it's fucking rad. Anyway. <laughs> Top comment on this video of the end of rollerball. The one thing the corporate establishment overlooked in their efforts to have the game eliminate Jonathan. The more difficult you make the game, the more likely the most talented individual will win. And that's exactly what <laughs> happened. The that's triumph sad. of the individual spirit.
1: That's so true. Oh my god.
2: That's so so true.
3: I think I, I think this person really really sums up. Like, you know, anytime you create structural factors or obstacles, you're just making it that Yikes. much more likely that the right people will triumph.
2: Yeah, the it makes people better. That's that's really true.
3: We're all about steel. So the meritocracy
1: is is good.
3: Absolutely, and (laughs) and it's actually more meritocratic the more you tilt it.
2: Right. Yeah. The more right. the more you kind of kick people in the ribs, the better they are is kind of a thing that I've been saying for a while. And people have been like, no, Ren, you can't say that you want to kick people in the ribs to make them stronger. But like when those bones heal, those bones heal back better. You know, build back better, build Jesus bones back better after I kick you in the ribs. Yes.
3: <laughs> Look, this is what Hemingway told us. And, you know, if there was ever a resilient guy. Uh, it's Ernest Hemingway
2: really good at handling external factors in his life (laughs) Ernest Hemingway (laughs) all right so uh anything else we want to check in on real quick before we before we
0: wrap it one small thing uh yeah I guess Kotaku I think it's Kotaku was reported that uh, in some sort of all hands at Microsoft Phil Spencer was asked about the Raven uh unionization effort and he he explicitly said, like they would recognize the union, uh, if it if it happened. Um, you know, when companies are acquired, it is not necessarily that a union has to be recognized. I don't know how. I don't know if they like specifically legally like the how, how companies get acquired is. Well, like, you certainly you know, don't have to eat ways. their
3: contract. Is I think the like the successorship was such a thing in ours it was correct. Yeah. So like, yeah, this is something that
0: regularly comes up in union contract negotiations is if the company was sold, which happens frequently in all sorts of different uh, industries, especially media, uh, you know, what what happens to the contract that was negotiated? Does the company have to do we have to do a new one with the new company, which is, you know, you could be starting off on weaker footing or do they have to do they have to continue the contract as already agreed by the company that agreed to it, the company getting, you know, sold. Um, and so, uh, you know, that doesn't settle all uh, of the matters of, like, what would happen uh, with Raven's uh, QA uh, unionization effort. But, I mean, it's not a bad thing yeah. that, that that information is getting out there and uh, is now on the record as a result of uh, Kataka reporting it. So, you know, again, just one one little... And yeah, I, just, I really hate the good guy Phil Spencer culture sort of thing. Like stop. Uh but, you know, th- it is good that he said that.
3: So you don't think based Phil is like <laughs> personally invested in like making sure we get that new Hexen uh from from a Happy Union shop. But he you know, he says
0: something you know, what was the thing? He said something along the lines of like emulation should be legal or it was something like that recently. It was like, well, yeah, but like, I don't expect you're going to make your company recognize that. Well, so that's kind of an empty gesture. It's nice that you can say it things was, that you can't pull off. Well,
1: the word specifically emulation,
0: I can't remember, but it was something. Because like, if it
1: was, it don't, I mean, technically the emulation part isn't the part that gets you in trouble.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I again, I'm like I'm misremembering the quote, okay, but okay. it was sort of something that was like a long shot. Well, it's cool that an executive would say that. Sure. Like I don't think that's going <laughs> to
3: happen anyway. All right. Uh well that will do it for this week. We're heading into a holiday weekend. Uh we will not be podcasting uh on we will not be recording on Monday cuz it's a holiday, so there will be no new podcast uh on on Tuesday, but we will be back uh with regularly scheduled podcasts from Friday. And also we are going to have um, a God, I've already lost track. Is it next week? We've got the Heat Man Hunting uh, episode dropping.
1: Heat Man Hunting. Uh, yeah. It 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 can be. We did technically have a thing this week, so we could skip a week as per our normal uh, cadence. I think, I
3: think the people deserve their bounty, especially yeah. because yeah. we hope to be in honor of uh, going going uh, man hunting and heat. We hope to be playing. The second most Michael Mann-ass uh, video game series ever made, which is Payday, Michael Mann probably would have drawn the line at clown masks. Um, but you know,
2: Wait, what is the f- what is the number one most? Like, okay, oh, really? Canon? Oh, Didn't they
3: just yeah. fucking
1: use the? No, I guess they were hockey masks, weren't they?
3: What in the opening heist? Yeah. Yeah, they use in the opening heist, but like, yeah, you know, the last one they're just wearing nice suits, which is how you should go heisting. <laughs> that is how you should go heisting dress dress for the job you want yeah which is heisting yeah um god no but yeah kane lynch one especially is just like one level after another of like and man remember this scene in this michael mann movie and that's that's how the game is sort of stitched together the second one the second one's doing some other things uh but yeah i'm a i i i celebrate both those games uh despite their 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 sordid history uh in in the the lore of games reviews and giant bomb um ha- always have a soft spot for their, for their a, pastiche of michael Mann.
2: there's a really good video essay about them uh called uh ugly games um by jacob geller that i would uh heartily recommend it is one of my favorite video essays uh, it's very very good
3: so go check that out and check out what we've been up to on waypoint.vice.com. Uh as we referred to, we Patrick and I uh exchanged we did a little like letter series on the uh on, on the Raven uh unionization. Patrick also wrote up a thing about <laughs>
2: hmm.
3: Ren posting in, in our in our uh group chat, much like Rob's fridge, manhunting is heating up. Uh that that's true. So here's oh but here's here's a really frustrating thing though. So if you're like, man, I should watch Heat to get ready for this new episode of Man, like I'm not saying don't listen to our episode. I am just saying they finally announced that the 4K edition of Heat is coming out this summer. Uh, Do with that what you will. Uh, Isn't it
2: playing in theaters too? No, that's the thing. There's a recent. There's a. There's an no so thing showing in theaters. There is
3: a showing in New York like this weekend, I think. And I think it was going last weekend too. Of a bunch of Michael Mann movies. What? I just what? couldn't really? make the time. Yes, I think. Yeah, the they're, dude, they're showing like the Insider Man. Heat, Miami Vice, New York, uh, Collateral. So, Rob
0: cancels his trip to New York for a Waypoint stream and just secretly <laughs> makes his way down for a bunch of Michael Mann
2: movies. Listen, you leave Rob alone.
3: <laughs> Point is, the 4K is coming. On the yeah. other hand, the uh, Man Hunting episode on Heat out right now. Uh, also on Waypoint uh, dot Wait, vice. Com. Yeah. Not out right now. The
2: Tribeca Film Festival does have a showing of heat
3: Friday, June 17th. I will be not there. Oh. I'm not arriving till day. the day later. I know. But, but I'm not Life going to a tragedy. movie theater in New York City right now. Like, I'm <laughs> just the same reason, like, the same mode of things that causes to cancel that trip. Like, it's not different.
1: Mm
3: hmm. Uh, I'm still, I'm still not there. Um, Anyway, point is also on waypoint.vice.com, uh, Patrick had a really good interview with Gareth, Damian Martin on Citizen Sleeper and sort of the the trick it has to play of feeling like a desperate. You're always up against it. Uh, you can feel capitalism's hand closing around your throat, but also not being a fucking miserable you know, choose fa- your own adventure. Not, like oh, die you know, again. Failure not
0: fun. Like yeah. fa- fa- making like I think the, the 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 quote was like yeah like making failure part of the you know part of the story it's so Um,
3: weird like if if you think about choose your own adventure novels it was like everything fails everything leads to a disaster and that was their character they're the most dire fucking stories and then the rpg in the rpg space the the mindset is increasingly like always always keep it going right like like play it as it lays uh type thing so yeah it's uh it's it's a great interview uh highly recommend checking it out also, we need to figure out, I, I now, I watched all of Severance in a weekend. I I got do into you, it. We might end up discussing that in the next couple of weeks. I hope we do. Do you
2: want me to watch all of Severance this weekend?
3: No, because you got to get that review done. But, <laughs> watch a fair bit of Severance. <laughs> watch yeah. A of watch <laughs> a fair bit of Severance. It's a good chunk. Uh, because I think we're going to do is week. the week
0: after. I'm, I'm, st- I'm stuck waiting for my wife to get back from a week-long trip. I will finish the last two episodes and then, so not next week, but the week after. I, lots of people have said we should do a severance pod. Well, well, and,
3: but also like we got this weird trio. Like, hard space is all about like, man, capitalism just wants your labor. You know, it just wants your body to be another piece in the in the machine. Citizen Sleeper, all about like, man, like. What's what's the most maximally alienated thing you can be? Like just a brain inside a bo- body that's like designed to do work.
1: Rob, that I just so want to vibe on
3: numbers, okay? Like let me vibe on the scary
1: numbers. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we? How did we? How did we skip Squid Games? How did this podcast fanatic. skip Squid Games? By the way, given because all it that, because got really
0: popular. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere, and then we said we should probably do that. <laughs> and I never told everyone, here's a date, make sure you watch them before. Right. We, just, we never put slipping. it on the it like, books. We should do that next week.
1: Yeah. Okay. But we're not watching
3: No. <laughs> this time. <laughs> this time, <laughs> Rob's putting this... his foot
1: down. <laughs> Severance is getting through today. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've only got two more to go.
3: That'd even I, like, it's even though good. it's yeah. not as good as Counterpart, it's still, well, like, you the should check out counterpart. counterpart, though. Here's the part. <laughs> Okay. Isn't the problem so that
0: Counterpart I, had two good seasons and then just ended? No, it was like canceled a, after two seasons. That's what I mean. It did not yeah. have a, a resolution.
3: Yes, but I would say like the character arcs are still really satisfying for those two seasons. <laughs> and it, uh, like, so much of Severance is cribbing from like beats in Counterpart that it's a, it's a little scary, but it's still, it's still a cool show. I dig it. Anyway. All that's coming up in some fashion or another. And if that sounds good to you or you just want more waypoint, you go to waypointplus.com and subscribe that only do you get access to our premium feed. But you're also helping support waypoint and everything else we do here. Also, look, fair warning. We've been telling you like these mugs at waypointgeneralstore.com. They're not, they're not here forever. You know, they're not long for this world. Could be the day of their execution. Is it well? That's maybe more dire than I want to be.
2: Yeah,
3: (laughs) we might. I am just saying,
0: Rob's gonna just Rob's gonna find a box of mugs and just fucking. I am just saying, there's never
3: been a better time to get your Waypoint mug uh, than than right now.
2: I'm so excited for the uh, Waypoint mug buyback program.
3: coming coming in the coming months well is the problem is like given how this works in the corporate world we'll do that and then immediately turn around and fire you and kato Jesus. Uh, because that like <laughs> can't give the waypoint plus backers they need they need to dip their beak they need to share enjoy the benefits and unfortunately that did come out of our revenues but our backers <laughs> are very happy sorry about your jobs pain um, <laughs> Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." Learn more at waypoint.zone Zone slash uh, B O E N. For now, we are calling time on this week. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Make sure that fridge is shut before you go on vacation. For real, I like just you know what?
1: <laughs> what's the what's the over under that when problem. when they're listening to this? We're doing a stream, buying you, uh, looking at fridges for you. <laughs> We might be. We might be. We might we'll be. see. We'll see. Go look at twitch.tv slash waypoint just in case. That would require
0: us doing work on a day in which we're supposed to be off of work early. We, don't, we, just, we
3: talked about not falling into that trap. We could trial. do it early.
1: Make it a morning stream. We're never that
3: early. We're never that early. Okay. It's still going to be middle of the day. 10 like 30. We're just, you know, uh, up we, for just, that we, love, we love doing that content so much. That's, <laughs> that's the waypoint plus promise. We do it for you. Oh. All right. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Peace. at your workplace, and you realize Union could address a lot of it. we be right back. Maybe
2: that's Rob's Steam Deck.
1: That's probably the Steam Deck, isn't it?
2: That'd be really funny if it was the Steam Deck. I would, <laughs> I would, I would laugh really hard, a, hard. Unboxing. <laughs> <laughs> if that turns into, yeah, a live unboxing of Rob's Steam Deck.
1: Was, oh, yeah. Wow, so, look at the size of that power brick.
2: Oh, there's a charger in here? Wow. Wow, I didn't expect that. Oh, nice. This is my Rob voice. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. (laughs) It's me, (laughs) Rob.
3: It's me, Rob. Oh, hi, Rob. Hi. It does seem like the kind of game that would also be very enjoyable in a handheld form.
2: Yeah, I also... um... Oh, we can move on.
3: Well, we'll just take a break here, uh, and we can circle back to uh, Hard Space uh, next week. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here and circle back to Hard Space next week. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> fucking dumb. I absolutely know that Kyle's going to leave that in, too. Yeah, it's going to be in there somewhere. The <laughs> it's going to go somewhere. All right.
2: Silly.